Welcome to TCP episode 209. Another week where we actually got some real announcements, guys, this time around. Like, some actual stuff happened this week, finally. We've been waiting for it. Um, I got sick and I was like, oh man, but you know what? I'm going to show up for the episode anyway because things happen and I got to talk about them. But you know what? Then I, I also did think about that a bit more, guys. I was like, maybe, maybe we shouldn't talk about them. We're just not going to talk about them today. Instead, we're going to talk about the new Attack on Titans because that just dropped. <laughs> Oh, oh man, that was so fun. That was so good. Was it? Was I so haven't seen good. it yet. Really? Okay. You need to. We just hit the ground running. You know, the wheels, with the, we, we hit that landing strip like bam, airplane touching down. We're still moving. The flaps haven't been engaged. We're still moving. I think we might take off again. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. That was a good show for sure. Um, I'm desperately. Googling where part two starts up. What does that mean? Like where what <laughs> like what did this episode cover? Because like I read oh. ahead, so like I don't know like where this like would you would it be better for you for me to tell you where part one where season four aka final season part one page six yeah, chapter right. nine volume I seven enjoyed like, that, what, I enjoyed that tweet. <laughs> What is this? What are those naming structures? What's happening here? Like, what's going on? Like, like, Jesus, I got some weird naming. Um, it'd be better for me to tell you where we ended, quote unquote, last season. I'm yeah. trying to run Jeez. through it. This is Yosuke, you're up to that, right? So I'm not spoiling yeah, anything yeah, no, for you. No, no, okay, cover your who if you're not up to this, cover your ears for a little bit. You should, you've had so long, guys. Yeah, to watch this one. cover your ears for like the next 10 seconds if, you, if you're not up to this, or just like on. I don't know what, you, what device you're on, but just skip forward like the next 10 seconds starting from now. It's basically when uh, Mali has finally showed up to Paradise. That's it. Okay, you can start listening okay, again. Okay, Hi, okay. welcome back. Hi, welcome back. So the things, so, and that's it. They're all looking at the sky like, oh my God. And then that's, then boom, end of the last season, cliffhanger as usual. And now we're here. I have something that I'm really curious about. Yes, mm -hmm. Uh We've never talked about this. This is, this is live, guys. This is fresh. I've, okay. I don't know what he's going to say. He could say anything. This is crazy to me. But you're a German person, obviously. How do you uh -oh. feel about this anime basically being like... Every, it's, it's, they're all German. They're basically all German, right? It's about a bunch of German characters in fake Germany doing... I don't know. It's just German things. You guys kill Titans and stuff in Germany, right? Doing German things. Um, but they're all speaking Japanese. It's actually Japanese. But it's German. The thing is, I'm not gonna lie. It is kind of yikesy in, in in some aspects, right? <laughs> like, <yikesy>. it's, <laughs> dude. Some of it is like, especially like, yeah, I don't know. Like, yes, I, there needs to be some humanization of the general public because, like, let's be honest. Like, it's just like a lot of people don't resist to the environment and being aware that you are susceptible to the evils of the world is is a good lesson. It's just like. It feels like everything is like the same setting, right? But they are too justified in their lunacy. I feel like that's that's a little bit of the uh, uncomfortable part. Who, I'm who not is? sure the uh, what what's the technology technologically advanced nation? Ali. Yeah, I don't know. Ah, that's that's a yikes. That's not for me to comment necessarily on. Um, but <laughs> I don't. I don't wasn't even talking about them. I'm just the whole premise of the show. Yeah. So um, like before you get there, I love this, but this, look, if you've made it this far and you just heard what Jessica said, 
you might have been spoiled on something else. Um, but again, like at that point, if that was a spoiler, you've you've right, if you years, haven't gotten to the yeah. basement, I you you've got had, another thing coming. You've had years to watch yeah. the show now. Come yeah. on, you gotta you gotta you gotta you've had a long time to catch up. But I'm yeah. just talking about the general like on parodies with all like, you know, even that environment. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty German, right? It's just like an older German. A bit more classic. I suppose, yeah. It's like the the what what are the flying machines called? Like the Zeppelins. 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 Yeah, it's like the Hindenburg all Hindenburg. over again. Yeah, it's. Just, uh. I mean, it's not the first time like like anime has like dabbled with like a German setting. I no. mean, like there's obviously like Monster is another big one. I think like is like in deep. Yeah. No, Mo- Monster is actually like running out of the city I uh, I was born in. Like, oh really? Yeah, it's it's about Düsseldorf, and you see, like this person who wrote this story has to have lived here because he knows, like the we have like a church uh, roof that's like a little bit like slanted, and that's in the anime there and whatever. So uh, that's definitely adapted. But back to uh, Attack on Titan, I think. I felt significantly more comfortable when you didn't know what was happening before, and now now it's like kind of weird. I think I, it's not because of that, but it's I, I would have wished for there to be an even more satisfying conclusion, I guess, or like reveal. But at the same time, I would say more so than anything else, there are mm. similarities to um, North mythology and like yeah, right, like. And that's mm-hmm. maybe even spoiling uh, the anime a little. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I feel like there were very, very early that were like um, people that found out, okay, the, the storytelling is like very similar. And as soon as like we got to that meta level of like the, the uh, first, like where the magical powers came from, at that point it was like almost like the curtain pulled. And now we know kind of yeah, where it's going. Kind of how it right? ends. Yeah. Um, and I found that to be interesting. Yeah, I, I certainly feel like they could have avoided some symbolisms think, a little um, more, but yeah. I, oh, really? Which symbolism? <laughs> um, I think, excuse me, I'm obviously sick, guys, so you're going to hear a little bit of coughing today. Some real coughing, not like the <laughs> kind of bullshit. But um, I think I just like wondering from a perspective of like do you do you look at the show i'm like oh okay so that's what japanese people think germans are mm. like is, is, is it a kind of a thing where like you know you're looking at another culture that- trying to <sighs> i don't know like what their vision of like what they think germany is i don't know like dude and then it's like, like it's like oh yeah there's they're genetically superior uh soldiers that sort of protect the ruling class. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, they're basically Uber mention, right? <laughs> How are they called? Ackerman. <laughs> you gotta be shitting Ackerman. me, bro. Come on. This, uh, I don't know. This is really yikesy, man. But, <laughs> but, like, I guess I, I, the problem is, like, where like it's too on the nose. I, I understand that people sometimes there's a, there's actually like a uh, like a concept that I recently looked up because I had a bit of a yikes moment on Reddit. But uh, there's like this thing where sometimes you take inspiration from something and then don't know where it comes from. I I don't mm-hmm. think that's a valid justification for how this anime is running though. But like 
sometimes you really don't know. You think you conceived that original thought, even though it's practically impossible for a human to have an original thought that's like conjured up out of nothing. You just forgot where it came from, right? Right, yeah. Unfortunately, this is not a valid defense. <laughs> then it's like, does it get weirder because, like, oh, it's German, but then they're all speaking Japanese? Or I guess if you're, you know, if you're a lesser human, you're they're speaking English because you're watching the dub instead. But, uh, but yeah, they're all speaking Japanese, but it's German. Yeah. the The thing is that that is a weird obsession of anime in the first place. That so many characters in animal uh, anime at large have German names, and it's yeah. it's always the baddie, isn't it? <laughs> like. Uh, it's always, uh, yeah, I what don't do you know. Mean? They're all German. Every every character's German. Yeah. yeah the good I guys and the bad guys. I understand, guys. though. Like, it's just, that's just like. How German thing. is Aaron Jaeger? Is that a very German name? Jaeger is, is Hunter. Hunter, yeah. Oh, in German. Gotta go to Germany and, like, there's gotta be, like, a bunch of Aaron Jaegers. Like, man, this is the most common name in the world. A- Aaron, it's a fucking Steve John over there. Aaron is actually Turkish, I think, right? Like, isn't Kenobi. Kenobi's name is Aaron. Aaron. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure he'll, that's he'll, By the way, he'll absolutely love that you made that known. And he'll love hearing that. When Isn't I he literally him. called that Aaron. on Twitter? Yeah, he is, but he hates like he hates hearing his name. It's like it's like a weird like disconnect of like going online and like hearing your first name. It's just like I, like with I feel Japanese that to, accent. I, I do feel that to a degree because uh like they, <clears throat> Okay, so little known fact, but there's a pretty popular German punk band, right? Okay. They're called the Totenhosen. Now, ironically, they are also from the city here. And mm. I actually had a relationship with the front man once before, like be- they, because oh, they have been popular for like 30 years. And I used to be like this wee lad watching ice hockey here. And I was like, we would get VIP tickets uh, just gifted from a friend. And I would sit, I would be in the VIP area, the only person like really like standing up and like really celebrating. I was like eight or nine, right? And being really loud. And that's why the front man knew me because I was like sitting next to the stairs and he would sit up like three rows behind us. And like, uh, he would talk to my dad and whatnot. And he knew my first name. That asshole made a song about a German Nazi, like called my first name. <laughs> And said, like, how terrible uh, their life basically is. And therefore, mm. like, the association with my first name, which is Sascha, and for the Germans listening, der Sascha, der ist Deutscher, the, the Sascha is a German, so to speak, runs through that entire thing. Not a great association for a child to have that first name in, <laughs> during that era, when that was, I think, for several weeks, like, first, first place song. Very popular oh, really? band. They had, like, number one songs... Like for several decades, every once in a while, and their their concerts are pretty popular still. I would think so. It gets Mm. brought up. Everyone knows those songs. Kind of sucks. I think it's also like that's one interesting thing, by the way. And this is where my tangent stops. But eh, we in Overwatch, we don't have content. Um, But there's a thing in Germany called Kevinismus. Kevinismus is if you are called Kevin. (laughs) Look how I'm pulling Avril in now. Um, but like, I'm being webbed. apparently, Kevin was associated with a lower socioeconomic status of the of the parents given the name Kevin. Right? It's like a, it's like oh, a that's name. So, true. so, so the problem was due to that association, and I guess like the the profile of like what kind of people 
teachers expect Kevin to be, there's a real concept in Germany called Kevinismus in which people called Kevin will have will be graded significantly worse for the same performance in school. Like, <laughs> as in blind tests, I, I think it was something ridiculous. So our, our grade system is like one to six. Six is like the worst, and one is like almost perfect, 90% plus, right? 95%. Now, they would, I think on average, and I'm going to get corrected, but in my mind it's stuck like, it's like between 0.6 and 0.8 down ranking for the same performance just based on being called Kevin. Based on the socioeconomic status, the type of like dialect you will, uh, you're likely to have, the type of behavior you're likely to emit, and therefore like teachers rating you down. And there was a real problem with the association of that first name before. Um, and I think we solved that just by the awareness of like, and then also, let's be honest, like also like sort of uh, nobody calling their children Kevin anymore. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I was unaware how important it was to have a rather conventional name for your child in terms of acceptance by teachers, mm. by peers and whatnot. Like if you're being really fancy with it, it's, it's, it's going to be rough and it's going to be rough. I think there was further studies on like applications, depending on, of course, a fair bit of racism in there as well. Like that, that is a problem. You kind of got to think about that. It's fucked up that you need to, but like if you want to give your, your uh, child a leg up, and that's why like, for instance, my nephew that was born recently is called a pretty ordinary German name. That would be like probably Aaron. associated with higher uh, socioeconomic status of, of the of the parents, and um, I think that's it, it. Is silly that it is that way, but it unfortunately is true. All I'm hearing is just you know just Germans punching down on Kevin's. I'm not having it. I'm not having it today. Had enough of that in my whole life. Um, yeah. Damn, dude, that got too real. Final thing. Before we talk about Overwatch, as promised, have you guys read the manga or are you anime only? As in, do you know what happens or you? I quit uh, the manga the like five, uh, five, five episodes or whatever you call it um, before the end, I think. I saw the tree. Like say. episodes before the end. I saw the tree. I saw the girl. spoiler. Um, no, that's technically in the trailer of, uh, yeah. oh, okay. this season, Joe. Um, my relationship with Attack on Titan goes as follows. I watched the show as it released, uh, for the, the anime, dropped it after season two, uh, picked it back up by season four, had to know the ending and then read the manga. Uh, so yes, I know the ending. You're the worst <laughs> at this. This man pisses <laughs> me off in the way he watches popular uh, media, bro. Like that, that this, show is ass. No, this motherfucker. Like, what? I I said it a bunch of times on this podcast, but this man had full blown discussions about Game of Thrones I without did, having did. seen a I fucking did. single episode. One hundred percent. I just I wanted to fit in. I was like, I I've seen a couple videos, guys. Like, I can I can hang. I know things. <laughs> I I can I can talk about the Game of the, the Thrones. <laughs> Hello, hello. The you brother say. I thought you brother say yeah. And then he read when read all the books. No, but <laughs> no. Okay, I, had, so I had somebody who synthesized the books to me. Wow. So you, but, uh, so you finished the manga, though. Yes, I did. I did me. read the manga. Okay. 
I I know what happens. I've I've fin I have also finished it. Mm. Um, did you like it? The ending. A lot of people uh, didn't like it. This, it is. I I I liked it. I well, it was fine. I wanted to end differently. Sure. But that's just me. I'm I'm gonna be careful. I I actually don't want to spoil people here. Right. Mm -mm. Because like I I think it is. I think the journey to the ending is super fucking satisfying. The ending will yeah. be questionable depending on like where your preferences are and who you like character wise and yep. Yep. blah 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 blah. But the journey to get there, like this is. I made a tweet. It's like. If you like really love the show and you've been waiting for this and this is the final this is the final part of the final season this is the part of all of Attack on Titans where you know you get to know everything all the secrets are revealed um everybody's characters uh you know are at their peak and at the limit and you get to see everything like everything becomes aware you become mm. you or rather you become aware of everything <laughs> and um yeah i mean like the book is fully open and, and that's great i like shows where there is a big reveal and there's a big tell and you know they don't leave a lot to they don't leave a lot behind in the closet because mm -hmm. i think um i think jimmy jimmy isayama is like no this is the ending this is not me like still holding out for attack on titan 2 or some shit like yeah you know he 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 fully ends it i like very conclusive endings and he does end you so uh in that way it's pretty brilliant. So I think this is going to be a really funny season. Can't wait to watch the, the rest yep. of... The thing is, like, what is it with, like... Did you guys... Did any of you, like, watch... Uh, read solo leveling? No. Man. No. That was, like, the best manhwa. Until this guy must have burnt the hell out. Because, like, it was such a steady, like, rise up. And really satisfying. And there's mm -hmm. no way to mess up the ending, right? In, mm -hmm. in, in the sense, like, you see the strings pull, like, all come together. I think he just burned out so hard that he just cut it short by, like, three or four uh, really. issues. And, like, I've, I was sitting there one morning going, like, ah, yeah, this is, like, probably the fourth to the end. And it's, like, it's the last one. And I'm, like, the fuck is going on? Like, and, and by the way, like, for, for those... Um, like, not knowing. But this is kind of an inside thing of the Overwatch League. I have tons of people I talk about this manual with. Like, I remember Baroy got me hooked on it. I definitely remember that uh, Harsha was into it as well. Since then, I've talked, like, a handful of people just, like, from all kinds of teams just talking about it. It's, it's also a different experience. Like, if you don't like, like a manga, it's very different because, like, it, it, a, it's colorized, and B, it's like much higher quality of drawing. Well, all right. Well, you've you pulled us back into the into the anime talk and the manga talk, but uh, I'm I, I like the little Overwatch thing you did there to try and pull us back in the other direction as well. So I do appreciate that. From things that teams talk about to now us talking about teams. Welcome officially to episode two hundred nine, brought to you by. Battle Crab, Refine Bean, Bronze Bot, Buhal, Chare, Prophet Picasso, Chris R, 34444, Kash67, Lotion, Pork Shop, Sammy, Rick, Sane, Volumel, Smooth Nuts, and Your Misery. Okay, thank you for making it through all of that. If you don't even care about Attack on Titans, you don't know anything about it. Um, wow. So we enjoyed that. Boys. Don't worry. <clears throat> hope you enjoyed that. It was, that was 20 minutes of I don't know what. Yeah, right. But um, otherwise, damn. I mean, you got time today. I'm just excited. I'm just excited and I'm just I just really like the season because I know what's coming 
and uh, I can't wait to see what happens. Be cool well, to animate. I can't wait to see what I know what's happening, but I you yeah. know, I can't wait to see it in a in a visceral form of anime. So we have our first like full team announcement of a team that previously we didn't know nothing about. Yeah. Um, we'd we're still waiting to see uh you know what's happening with with Philadelphia and their off tape position. Like you know what is um you say. Oh, Fury! Oh, Fury was announced ten Finally. minutes after our recording. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. So Fury was announced ten minutes after our recording. Amazing, but um, I feel like we basically already covered it anyway. Oh, who could have? Who who was that mystery off tank that could have been going to shocking the Philadelphia, Philadelphia Fusion? I, I do wonder who that could have been. Um, what do we got? We also had Aim God joining in on Fusion as well. Let's talk about yeah. Fusion first because they're like first on the docket list so we'll go over the philadelphia fusion talk about new york as its own thing because that's that's quite a lot to digest as well and then mm. everybody else here's something that we're probably not going to talk about today if you're wondering people are like oh my goodness what about the new overwatch patch guys as we all know the new overwatch patch cool interesting has probably got no impact on the overwatch league whatsoever <laughs> and i yeah. forgot about that we were even talking about it. i was like oh that's right we're gonna be I f for some reason I forgot we're gonna be playing on Overwatch two, and I was thinking about the Overwatch patch and I'm like, huh, this has actually got no impact on Overwatch two at all whatsoever. So, <laughs> who cares? Is the answer about the yeah. Overwatch patch? Yep, we know Hanzo is busted. It's true. Back to Philadelphia Fusion. Um, yeah. they're staying in Korea, which I think we all knew. I that's pretty. I'd be Makes surprised sense. if they weren't. They literally binned all their Western players and staff. Yeah. How weird would it be if they? went back to north america after deleting the western part of their team mm. so it was pretty obvious they were staying in korea aim god joins who take uh you know the late alarms place rip and that's i mean th that is not an easy task for aim god and fury will be you know taking off that off tank uh position as well that mm. I, i'd almost say has been waiting for him you know that's been that's yeah. been vacated and warmed up and it's got his name on it and be like here you go here you go fury this one's the seat's been uh kept warm for you for a while yeah it's a team i really don't know what to do with because um as a throwback to last show this is one of those teams that i feel like did get hit by like a coaching like removal not to say that i think you know the the new regime with Jin um are bad by any stretch of the imagination i know that you know they've done you know fairly well for themselves uh you know piloting t1 and, and contenders korea um but when you look at you know somebody like 9k who has the pedigree that he brings from paris and you know all of these storied rosters working with shock obviously and some of the championship runs um that was somebody who i thought was going to bring a lot of value to this roster and i don't know that uh he got a lot of respect for last season i think it was kind of out of everybody's hands if i'm going to be completely honest um kind of got away from them at some point um but i think this is another one of those teams like chengdu where they're going to be kind of it, there's going to be questions obviously um and for me that kind of comes from their leadership um we we obviously know what fury can do we've seen what aimcon could aim god could do in the past solid player there's there's obviously, you know, 
uh, a pedigree there that they're pulling on to or pulling from rather. And I'm sure that he's he's definitely progressed, but I really don't know what to do with Philly. I, I can see them maybe third in APAC, but also like could maybe challenging towards By the way, bottom. They're not done. They've only got five yeah. players. Yeah, yeah. Right. Three DPS, one tank, one support. I suspect they will be adding at least it's got to be three more players. I think they go for an eight-man roster. Surely. Mm, okay. Surely they go for an eight-man roster. At least seven, but I'm thinking eight, right? So they're, sure. they're missing at least two pieces, if not three. So, namely, probably, like, at least a tank, and, I mean, they need a support, but you think two supports. Yeah. I think Philly probably... This is a team that traditionally has mm. always had bigger rosters. Yep. Yes. Um, has had a little bit more to spend. And, I mean, they can still pull from all of Contender's career. There's still plenty of talent there. Um, so, I suspect that's probably what's going to be happening. Uh, they are playing it slow, probably. Well, I don't know why, but I, if I had to guess, they might be playing it slow because they're waiting for information on Overwatch 2. They're waiting for... Mm. The ability to get their hands on and play and then find, figure out what they need and what's working, what's not working. Uh, so I, it's it's so hard to judge them right now. It's so hard to judge this roster, like because it's so incomplete. Right. You know this and yeah. the US roster. They both rosters feel so incomplete. So DPS, okay, they're not getting. I don't think they'll get another DPS. I do not think so. Nah. Unless they Hopefully play not. the game, they they play the game. They're like, wow, we we we're missing something yeah. big here, guys. Which I don't think it's going to happen. They're yeah. probably just going to stick with M and three Zescarpe, right? Fury Aim God, um, and Fury should still be ridiculous in, in yeah. Overwatch Two. Aim God is interesting to me because I think he's a player that is on one hand deserving another of another shot because he always showed some decent promise, but mm -hmm. at the same time, he's also one of the older players and he's been around for a while. And I feel like he is a known quantity, like. I don't know how much more there is to unlock with Aim God. I feel like you know what you're getting with this guy. Um, and he's, even when I was casting him in contenders, he was good. He's, he's definitely good enough to deserve another shot. I don't know if he's like, you know, f this is an unfair kind of comparison, but he's not going to be Alarm. No. And un unfortunately, everyone is going to compare him to Alarm in because. Ways, yeah. He's in that he's in that position, and it's it's totally it's a totally one hundred percent unfair con uh, comparison because you're you know filling in for you're filling in you're taking the you're what's the, I don't even know what the right word taking in you know it doesn't feel like the right thing to say but like you're coming into a position that was filled by another player that had he not passed he would have been playing and he was one of the best players as well yeah, so yeah. it is such a hard position to be in and yeah. such gigantic shoes to fill. Arguably, and it doesn't. We haven't even. I don't even think we've really finished processing the morning of alarm either. So it's still an ongoing thing. So all in all, it is just it is just a tough situation. Arguably, yeah. also top three ta Overwatch talent of all time. And he's easily trying to step uh, into the position of. Yep. Also, when you hear when you hear coaches talk about alarm, you know, not <laughs> to completely like derail, but like that kid could do anything he put his mind to. Yeah, and it seemed like it was. For for the brief time we we got to celebrate him and his his achievements, you, mm. you could start to see that a little bit. Um, definitely somebody who would have aged beautifully with this game. Um, if not, obviously for um, uh, 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 a person gone too soon, let's say. So, yeah, yeah.
Ja. Eine. Okay. Okay. I believe in the growth of players as people as well. Mm -hmm. But from the season one stuff that we know of Aimgod, he also needs right. to have uh, grown significantly as a person in order to step into those shoes. Um, like, th th that's un unfortunately also something that I'm considering there. That, mm -hmm. like, you also have to be part of the fabric of this team. And, as always, and as, is, as it's always the case with highly skilled players, maybe not too known among the public, but a lot of very good players are, not the most easy play people to play with. And mm. you can't be, like, the one that makes it worse. You gotta be part of the solution, that position, right? Mm. And... um. That is another thing that I'm looking at, and I like once again, like <laughs> we we've said it many times on this uh, on this podcast. The the quote from Arnold uh, holds true. Like sometimes it's just like keeping your shit together until you can win a championship over the season, right? Like sometimes it is really hard to keep the atmosphere in the team positive and productive, and it doesn't need to be all like rainbow farts and roses. That is actually probably counterproductive because, like, the only the only teams where I've heard nothing but like hyper like productivity from is as as <laughs> all collective OBS size. Um, no, but is teams that suck. Usually, the the teams that get along the best are those that have given up and know they are going to lose every single match. Then there's not nothing to fight for. Right. If there is something to fight for, you will have disagreements. You will have highly skilled people who are disagreeable. That's how they got there. And you will have fights. That's healthy. Now, the, the, the quality of fights or the tonality of fights can be very different. There's productive fights and there's destructive fights. And right. you got to be part of Team Productive, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think season one was a bit of a shit show for a lot of reasons right teams are kind of figuring stuff out they don't know what works yet you have plenty of people being hired in that not at all experience i mean we all know the quality of coaching from season one to now is improved totally. astronomically mm -hmm. people just didn't know what they were doing in season one you know you got people who you know have never been really outside of korea before if they're a pro korean player now they're suddenly in the west and la it's just like a totally different experience and we you, what the team one of the teams we know that had major internal issues was Boston, where Aim God was. Um, and fun fact about Aim God, I don't know if people really know this, but he's actually been playing. He's he's only missed one season of the Overwatch League. He's been in three out of four seasons. So really, he's been here for a long time. He's like a very veteran player at this stage because he's three out of four seasons. And even this last season when he didn't play, he was on an academy team pretty much the entire way through. So I'd say he's had no breaks in his career at all. Um, so he's had a very easy to measure kind of career, I think, where you get to, you can very easily track how he's been over the course of the entire four years, including last year in contenders. Mm. Um, I don't really know too much more about attitudes and stuff like that. I know he, he, he caused some problems on Boston, but I don't know whether that's because of him or the environment, because the environment might have just been so bad it just brings out the worst in everybody. I mean, 
Very true, it yeah. sounded, if depending on who you ask, it sounds like all the Korean players were just causing problems on Boston, right? But I'm sure if you ask the Korean players, it was the other people that were causing causing. Yes. I don't know. Like it's just a lot of he said, she said on that situation. Yeah, um, it's it's not just season one though. There's there's stuff from like, and it's that's not necessarily toxic, just like shutting down, uh, type of stuff. Right. Um, but definitely also in teams after that. But I, I do wonder, like you know, maybe maybe what he needs is a full Korean team. But then I guess he had that on Washington, didn't he? So, but then again, that Washington team that he was on, that was the uh, Stitch Raw, Janu Ark Decay lineup, wasn't it? Um, yeah. And let's I mean, be honest, that that in itself is also not great, right? Yeah, I guess his this, this team wasn't super good on 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 the Washington year, despite having Decay, and despite like actual hard carry, the carry God carry them through playoffs with that Zarya. Um, that was the height of Justice's season. I don't know. I just feel like we haven't gotten. It's hard. It's so hard for me to say. Is it him or is it his team? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Is it like is he was he just not good enough in those years, or was his team holding him back? Like, yeah. what has it been? Now, people uh, transform in their environments, right? Like mm-hmm. it both okay. from from a personal point of view. Like you, you, you. Know that from yourself. And you, I mean also like the listeners and whatnot. You are a very different person with your parents than you are with your friends, right? You're very different. Like, that's why they say surround yourself, like be the, don't be the smartest guy in the room, right? Like be with people that like have potentially more talent than you in order for you to accelerate your learning, right? And the same is true for the social aspect, of course, and also the Mm. skill aspect. So. It is like the only way to really assert if someone is the problem is if it's if he is a problem through various contexts that are mm-hmm. significantly different, where the discerning difference is actually that person. Like in every single environment, they're making a a fuss or whatever, right? That's why, like, let's say the the context of like, I mean, the the shining example of this is because it was public is decay. Right? Gladiators came out and said publicly that he wasn't a problem. Then he was a problem in Dallas. We don't know about uh, justice, but like, just like the, the discrepancy between those two statements is very different, right? And it, then if you think about uh, like how, how players can flourish, depending on what kind of teams it like, look at, did you think Fearless and like Dia or whatever could still be? Some of the best players in the game, no, right? In after season one, so it, it is like humans are just as much themselves as they are their environment. It's indistinguishable. Like you are, yeah. Some sometimes you do need the right team, and then everybody clicks, and then you have this powerhouse. Yep. Um, because I think you know you get. I I always look at that season two Vancouver roster as a bit of lightning in a bottle. You you. You can't really replicate that. You can take a lot of those individual pieces and put them in different teams, and it's just not the same, you know? You put Stitch on Washington, it's not the same. Put Slime on Mayhem, it's not the same, you know? It's it's that specific group that just worked. It, yep. They just clicked. Uh, but Team CC, I, I think, didn't have a great season, or mm. a great year even last year. So they they went from 
well, when Deer and Gaga and stuff were on it, I mean, that, that was the Chinese CC with some of the Korean pieces. They were monstrous. But then when all those players went to their respective teams and they rebuilt as the four Korean CC, it was just like a, a good team. They were like a definitely above average team. Mm. I think at one point the narrative was like, oh yeah, this is one of the top four. These are the the big dogs, the elite four. And then at some point it's like, well, are they? They're kind of slipping for me. Right. It's more like a top three. It's like a top three in Korea and then their CC is what it felt like. Because they just weren't in the same league anymore. They just weren't performing up to the same level. So, um, and again, I, I don't know. Is it is it aim guard or is it the team? I don't know. It's so hard to say. Yeah. So and that's why I look at this. Mm-hmm. I look at this lineup and I, I I see like okay they got aim guard. I'm like I think I think he's a good player. I think he's reasonable. But I know he's not going to be alarm. So if your if yeah. your expectation is like oh man I hope he's yeah. as good as alarm. I mean you can just yeah. you can leave that at the door right now. That's yeah. not going to happen. Um. So where how far off is he going to be from alarm? Then will be the next question. So I mean it's hard to say. I don't I I don't want to be too down on sure, on sure, him sure. joining this team because I think Philly they want some wins. When I say Philly wants some wins, I mean their fans want some. They they want to see some dubs in there. Yeah. And Fury's like, woo, we got Fury. Yeah, there's a W. And then you got Aim God. It's like, wow, I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah. Like, that's about the that's about the correct way to feel is not to know how to feel. Yeah. Mm. It, it's weird because both these two teams kind of like, I feel like I have to say like, neither one of them I feel like can be judged at face value currently because of how like just shallow the roster is as a whole where it's like okay five players in philly five players in new york at once mm-hmm. we get to them it's like you can look at the core and be like okay cool like if we add a little bit more on top like does that really change my opinion probably not at least not too much um but even then it's like it's not necessarily fair to judge right now and both teams kind of operate that same like distinction but like the feeling is is slightly different where philly i'm like eh, i don't know I don't know where to put you in APAC. Whereas like you look mm. at New York coming back to NA, you look at their roster, not to completely jump ahead. I'm like, I feel like I'm more positive with New York than I am with Philly. Because New York did a better job of, we're going to start transitioning into conversation in New York, but let's finish up Philly as well. Sure. I feel like New York did a better job of headhunting specific, like known quantity, good talent. Mm. Whereas Philly has kind of, they're banking on a couple of rookie pick up, pickups. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, MN3 is, I'm not going to lie to you, one of the best possible DPS rookie pickup, pickups you can get. Like, yeah. I, I think I think a lot of Philly fans still underrate this guy. Like, oh, no, he's a rookie. It's like, yeah, right behind fucking proper. And sure, right behind proper. You still might be like several hundred meters behind proper. The second place behind proper is still like several hundred meters, don't get me wrong, but you're still like, you know, when you're fighting for second place in contenders career after proper, I mean, which everybody is, mm-hmm. uh, M3 is in that running for 100%. So, I mean, you got to be happy with the fact that I think that's a huge W. That's like one of what I would consider a top rookie pickup. Okay. And the rest beyond that, it's like, well, Zest is very good, but I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said he was a top rookie pickup. I think New York did a bit of, excuse me, a bit of job of like securing the Yarkies and the Floras, and they got the Kellens. Like, oh, that's a tasty pickup. And Aim God feels a little lukewarm, but I, again, I don't. It's not their last pickup. I think there's two more sports coming. I have to imagine there's two more sports coming. My only concern is I don't know who they could be. Right. Because although I say they have full access to contenders' career, which they do, but most of like the top rookie pickups are kind of gone. gone. So yeah. you're left with a lot of. 
not question mark picks, but you're left with a lot of like they're more gambles, right? Potential gambles, or you better know how to coach the fuck out of these players because right. they didn't have a great go on their teams. Like you'd have to be. I mean, I'm looking at guys like Quazid, who I think have a lot of um, potential. It's Quazid 18, 20 actually. Quazid is someone who's been on Gen G for a while. I felt like had decent potential. Is mm. a flex support. Um, but this is going to have to be one of those like diamond in the rough type players where like, yeah, well, he's been held back by his team and on a good team, he'll start to be really, really good. And maybe Team Diamond is that diamond in the rough team, you know, mm. unintended GC Busan here because you got Guriga and Becky going to their respective teams. And then you got four players left, which I think if you're going to pick another one, it's probably going to be Quasid. Um, but what I would like to have seen Philly do is go a little bit harder for guys like Vigilante, for example. Mm. So I think, you know, I, initially, I think ages ago, when we were looking at who Philly could get, I was like, dude, I think Proper would, could go to this team very easily. Sure, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I probably, um, yeah. you know, purposely and also accidentally embedded that seed of Hopium in Philly fans only to see it crushed. Right. Um, which, you know, both works for me. Either they get the plan, that's great, or they don't, and that, uh, that's also great. Um, the problem there was they were never going to pick up the amount of uh, O2 players that apparently the O2 players favored, right? Um, but wanting to stick together to Why a not? sort of... Had a fresh, well, had the a problem is you have T1, like, right? That you want to recruit from. You want to have MN3. That, but that's, Philly, that's Philly's problem. Philly wanted to recruit yeah. from T1. They started the year... They started the season with Carpe Alarm. That's it. Nothing else. Yeah. So they had a pretty clean slate. They didn't sure. have... I, I understand why they went with T1. I understand it's very... It's a good, easy transition. Jin's worked every, with everybody there. He knows what he's getting. Um, But... Maybe it's stupid of me to say, but they didn't have to go to T1, right. even though, even though they probably should, because this is the academy team. Yeah, but that's mm. the decision they made, went with. And yeah, it's to be fair. I don't. The more I think about it, the more they probably couldn't have gotten probably just because shock. I mean, Chris Chung was like he was he was actually at the finals, you know, getting rubbing shoulders with the O2 players and O2 boss. He was in there early. Him and Violet were at the finals early. They sunk their claws into the O2 yeah, players. Yeah so fast like no one else had a chance and that uh, sometimes <laughs> makes the difference not 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 gonna lie there are players that like based I'm on it made the difference i'm literally saying it made yeah, like the, it, the, and that's the difference across the league dude like some of those teams didn't get like the player even though he kind of almost like shook the hand and then went like okay so when i can can i meet coach oh yeah he uh he doesn't really want to meet you in real life uh, at the moment it's it's like not necessary right Guess yeah. you're not getting that player then, and now you're screwed. Your season is fucked. It's like when we, it's like when we talked to Albert, and he's like, "Yeah, it's hard to compete with Chris because he can just show up at the contenders' yeah. career finals, yeah. and just you know, high five proper, like, hey, you want to join? Like, <laughs> it's just like yeah. that, like you know, hard to compete with that. So, yeah, no, um, for sure. And some of those the, those coaches are really on the ball. Like, I think for instance, Crusty mm. uh, and Brad are known for like going into contenders and building relationships early with these players, right? Like. Um, yeah. sort of like giving them perspective, something to work forward to and stuff. And therefore, like just securing talent, high quality talent, right? And 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 that's why, like, I don't fault Philly for going the T-Run one route because let's be honest, MN3, yes, is definitely worse talent than proper, I would say, just by expectation. Sure. But Everyone is, but... You yeah. are never going to get your investment for MN3 at a an effective cost uh, back if you don't use them yourself. It's just not going to okay. happen. 
Like you're shelling out what I don't know, like several hundred thousand dollars for proper with salary and buyout. Right. You have a player that is within ninety percent of proper. I would say, mm. like nobody's paying you for that guy that uh, amount. Like you're not going to recuperate whatever salary mm. you paid him o over the last couple of years. Mm. You yeah. kind of need to sign you're, him up in order to get him. Like you're, I think, yeah, I think you got to get one rookie win. If you're gonna get one rookie win, and he's already on your academy roster, he's literally the star player of your academy roster. You have the second or third best DPS in all of contenders' career. I mean, fuck it, you're you're stupid if you don't pick up your own guy, yeah. in a way, right? So I think that was one of the nope. best pickups T1 has made and could have made. Now I don't fault them for for missing out on that one because. Man, the the what what he eventually went for is nutty, but they could have competed for Chirong, right? <clears throat> that's a that's a player that could have fit in there. I would feel better this yeah, of this that. team with Chirong. Um, of course, like some like Toronto just bakes like that one. Um, but yeah, that's that's the type of move that you would usually expect of Philly, and it yeah. didn't happen this time, and that's why you just. Can't have them as a title contender this year. No. No. Not yet. I mean, well, maybe not at all, because, again, we don't know what the rest of the roster looks like, but I don't see it improving. Yeah. I mean, they're not bombshells left, right? Unless you literally go to Toronto and go like, oh, yeah, we kind of want to buy your dude. Can we do that? Yeah. Like, Yeah, there's not bombshells left. Yeah. Yeah, and you're not going to get a player from another team. Um, What, I mean, is there... How many, how many amazing veterans are left in the field as well? It's just like... Yeah. The only way that oh, works really? is you just have to hit gambles. You have to hit snake eyes on some gambles and they just have to work out like flawlessly. And that's not something you can kind of like quantify right now. You yeah. got to find a skewed. You got to find another yeah. skewed. Yeah. You got to do, you do. One, well, one, someone, that, someone that everybody is passed on. Everybody yeah, yeah. has slept on. No one's talking. I'm not even talking about them. Yeah. That's who you got to get. Yeah. One final flip, question whatever. for you, Avril. Um, I, I love hearing about MN3 and Zest. I've heard a number of good things, you know, obviously mostly from you being the expert from that region. Um, let me hit you with this. Is Carpe Perma benched? I did not like him last season. I don't think this kid plays. I think it's a meta-dependent question because... I think that's already three. saying something, though, is it not? I'm saying that he would, in my eyes, he's behind MN3. <clears throat> right. In my eyes. And I think that's um, going to be like such a big shift for Philly fans. It, but I, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean he's benched. I think I think the most likely situation is both if they don't if it's not a projectile meta, you're going to see MN3 Carpe. That's the default DPS <laughs> lineup. Mm. Um, but if you are go, but if you are going to see projectile, I think MN3 probably plays over Carpe unless, from a coaching staff perspective. Mm -hmm. or, may or maybe Carpe has a lot of weight to throw around and he has a lot to say in this and he's like, no, you can't bench me and then Ugh. they just have to play him, you know? Yeah. yeah. Let, me put I... this, let me put this, I think MN3 should play over right. Carpe if it's a choice between those two. That's what I think should happen. <clears throat> but depending on how your team environment works, that, that might not happen and they, the team may still put Carpe forward just because he's Carpe. Now, I think what we got to consider, like... And that's that's an aspect that I hear often in esports. It's like the former world class players, and to be fair, mostly in games where the meta doesn't change as often. But the mm. reason they fall off is because they don't have the same drive anymore. 
They don't enjoy the game to the same degree. They have other goals in life, whatnot. The best way to revive someone's willingness to reinvest and buy in and start grinding and foster that passion is to have a new game. Like, an entirely new experience. And one where the DPS is the one that is now dominating the game. Because I think a lot of DPS players in the past felt like and I, I can't fault them for that. I think they're right. right. Tanks and supports win championships, right? Like, and now that we probably can foresee that not being the case and the DPS actually being like the superstars actually effectively, it's it's a different thing. Like, how are you perceived? That's a good good thing for the players, like for their mental and for their like own value. And of course, like the most skilled players arguably in the game are on the DPS role. But to also feel it in the game that you have the most impact can revive your passion, I think. And that's that's maybe something where we could say a renaissance of Cape. Without a doubt. I think I would be much more charitable to that argument if we even had like an off-season to have this kid like have a revitalization. We're jumping into an early right. build. Like, when is this kid ever going to get his like... I would expect if that's the case, maybe he ramps up. If it was the case that maybe even last season, like he was like, okay, this is my like last hurrah. Like, I don't know how much, like I'm already starting to question things. Even if that's, again, we're playing with a hypothetical here, folks, you know, that last season from him was, it just wasn't good. You put him on a tracer that everybody around him, even like, especially early on was like, oh yeah, he can play tracer. Like Carpe can play anything. He was touted to be this superstar kind of hyper carry DPS player that I'm sorry. He just never simply lived up to be. He had his moments without a doubt. He's he's a very magical type of DPS, but the consistency just is not there and has not been there throughout his career. I, I've I've gone to bat for him a lot, but that last season was was dreadful. He's he's not close to being number one on any of his heroes. No, not I mean, even close. Not even close. And it, it sucks because I, haven't, haven't been for years, by the way. No, so. not at all. Not at all. And it sucks because you, like you want to root for him. Like he deserves it. Like he's been around for so long. He he does have those moments where it's like, man, Carpe, there's something there. There's he's he's special, but like, I don't know what what needs to happen for him to kind of level up or just unlock this consistency. Maybe it's playing behind two like star rookies and being kind of that third man. Chad? I don't. It's possible. <laughs> I don't know. It, Chad, it, you're, you're now doing that. <laughs> it's 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 weird i think for philly fans to hear but i think you're in better hands now with mn3 and zest and possibly a fourth dps if carpe is just like not cutting it anymore. right if they I'm get a fourth dps and he's he's gone he's gone like, i, don't, th- I yeah. don't think they will get a full dps i don't think, I don't they, think will. they will if they do it'll be like mid-season and then you know it's like a white flag it's like yeah he's not playing folks like we got to get somebody else in um but yeah I, but it feels no... like feels like no. what it feels like just like with the, the the narrative around MN3 and hearing, you know, you guys talk about him. It's like these, these are your starting two DPS. And like that is a regime change for the Philadelphia Fusion going into this new game. It's it's not the Carpe show anymore. It's not Carpe and friends. This uh, this is a new team. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that's I'm not like I'm not getting the eulogy out for Carpe. We're not putting we're not putting the dirt on top of the coffin just yet. I, what, I, I think there's still a space for him to play for sure. He's sure. not going to be a permanent bench this year. I guarantee you he's not going to be a permanent bench this year. And he'll be playing alongside him in three for the most part. Zest is most likely the bench player on this team, depending mm. on the meta. Um, very likely be double hit scan. Even if it's not double hit scan, M in three can still, still a little bit of flexing, even though I would say he's mostly known for 
the hit scans himself. Um, I just think right now, MN3's hero pool, everything he does, every every hero that he and Carpe share, which is pretty much both both of them share the same pool, mm-hmm. MN3 plays every single hero better than Carpe, right. in my opinion. And but I that doesn't at... mean that Carpe doesn't play at all. Just no, of because... course. <clears throat> I, I, just, I just look at some of like the DPS lineups that we had last year, and of course, the biggest caveat in the world, we don't know what Overwatch 2 is going to bring, but with like the historical precedent that we have seen, we go like Tracer Ash. It's like, Okay, does Carpe play? Or Carpe Zest plays play? the Ash. Okay. Uh, yeah, Zest is... I mean, Zest could play the Tracer. Actually, this is the problem, because Zest could play the Tracer, and the MN3 plays the Ash, and then exactly. I, can start to see, I can start to see where you're going with that. Or you go Tracer more into the flex role, where it's like, okay, the flex player needs to play the Tracer. It's like, okay. Well, that is talk- standard. That'd be normal, exactly. actually. It's... Uh, I'm starting... The more that I look at it, the more I'm like, I don't know where Carpe fits. It's getting a little, it's getting well, tight. He's got to compete for it, which if if this is what it takes to kind of get the fire under him and like make him level up, then I'm here for it. We, we've seen what this kid can do. Yeah. We've seen the magic. We've seen him clutch out a number yeah. of scenarios. But then there's just those those dead moments where it's like, I don't feel like Harpy's playing this game. Yeah. I will say last year was not great for hit scan, so I'll give I'll throw okay. that bone. Sure. But then I look at his one. tracer though, and I'm like, yeah. ah, where was it? Yeah. There was nothing there. No, he couldn't. It was hang. rough. Yeah, I and I get Philly was it was a it was a dumpster there. I'll throw him another lot, bone. Yeah, I'll throw him I, another bone. I got a lot fair. of bones. For this, is... I got a lot of bones for this fish today. <laughs> Tracer's not really in the hit scan pool anymore. No, it's not, it's not. So it's it technically speaking, it shouldn't be one of his heroes. It should have been EQO's hero. That would have been. I'm I'm a little bit more disappointed that the other DPS on Philly's team couldn't pick up the tracer. True. Like it, yeah. it shouldn't have been Carpe's responsibility, in my opinion. It, if yeah. I'm going to be like really, you know, nitpicky about who's supposed to play what, but mm. sure. But I'm splitting thing, hairs. The thing is, like, you could absolutely like just like specialize on tracer. I think last year, yeah, like pl- tracer was played Somebody so much, and. Like, you would expect, like, Carpe, uh, one of his sig- signature heroes was Tracer, like, from season one onward, right? He just fell behind, like, j- like you, you don't see, like, in season one, he was legitimately, like, next to Prophet and Striker, like, one of the better Tracers in the league, mm. right? Mm. He's far away now. And yes, like, the, the, the sort of hero pools has, like, sort of switched to uh, the Tracer players being more the fle- uh, flex DPS now. But, like, that's not always the case, right? No. Like, Striker is in the flex CPS. True. So, like, he should be able... And if your team has an, a sh- shortage of, like, elite traces, you c- sh- you should be told to step up. Maybe that's not on him. Maybe that's the coaches. But okay. I don't know. I, I haven't seen Carpe, like, being able... Being on the level of, like, the Flatters, the Lips, the Profits, the Strikers, the Leaves in a hot minute, dude. Agreed. Potential so, there, but uh, still some big question marks for Philly. Not too sure where to put them currently, but uh, I'm not looking at now that we know that uh, for all intents and purposes, unless something changes, which I don't expect it to change, it'll be seven teams in a- the APAC region in the Eastern Division. And if I'm gonna look at these teams now, to me, I'm still looking at Shanghai, Seoul, Chengdu in the top. And then you got Charge, Spark, Valiant, Fusion somewhere in the bottom four. Fusion would like to be the best team. They would like to be number four. Yeah. As in, like, 
fourth place in APAC after Chengdu, even though I think Yisk is a bit of a hater and thinks Chengdu will be last or some shit, but uh, <laughs> throw nah. back the last episode. No, no, no. Not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah, exactly. Not so not you've, you've seen the light. You've seen the light. I mean, um, I've seen a space that just has been created on that DPS slot. That so, announces. <laughs> so I, I think Guangzhou, Spark, Fusion, and Valiant, they could be competitive. If, if anything, yeah. this looks better for the Valiant because yeah. if Fusion don't massively improve their roster, like you, you suddenly have another team that is within striking distance of the Valiant. So Valiant could suddenly yes. go from seventh to as high as fourth. Oh. I don't think I don't think Valiant breach third. I don't think they get to no, third. They can go as high as fourth, which is an insane improvement. If Fusion don't, you know. If they don't uh, really show up properly, and look, I'm I'm maybe underrated. They still got, come up. They still got Fury and MN3. They still got some heavy hitters on this team, and just that alone is better than anybody on the Valiant so far. So I'm not gonna I'm you know, don't get too excited, but um, I think D is good, but like bro, MN3 is he's a little bit better in my opinion, and they both hit scam players. Um, so it's not all doom and gloom for Valiant, not mm-hmm. for for Fusion rather. But um, you know, Valiant are hungry and they want to come for some teams, so everyone's going to show up. Let's go and head towards. Speaking of a team that uh, is going to show up, they've actually disappeared. Let's talk about New York now. They've gone and exited the APAC region, and they've gone back to New York, which part of me is surprised by, and part of me is not surprised by at all, because mm. New York are probably one of the few NA franchises. Or am I allowed to call them an import team in terms of like they're not meant to be an APAC team? They're just kind of an APAC yeah. um, who don't have a lot of infrastructure within Korea or APAC overall. Mm. Like you have the base APAC teams like Chengdu Charge, Spark, and Dragons who all have facilities there. Um, so obviously Fusion, they have T1, right? They have this huge building in Gangnam. Um, Fusion played out of there. All of last season, everybody went there. They have all this infrastructure and facility in built in Korea. Uh, Valiant's managed by LGE Huya. Well, not the Huya part. I don't know if it's relevant, but LGE, who are based in China. I'm sure they got stuff going on. They're managed by that group. Mm. So they're whatever. New York is like, I think New York and Box just kind of had to make do. And they had to like, I don't know who they work with or anything, but I remember going through watching their content and they did their quote unquote facility tour or like a view of their thing and it was just I'm not saying it's bad or anything but it, it was very like at the Scant time comparatively. You know, just just put this shit together you know some right. duct tape and some duct tape and spit put it together uh, it just was like this. it looks like they had to really pull pull some strings and just, just to get anything going mm. uh, I don't want to misrepresent their org or brand I'm sure it's better than that but just what, what it looked like to me on the outside so I, I don't think Anbox have a lot going on in Korea Whereas sure. they do have stuff going on in New York with subliners and all that as well. So mm-hmm. and they have a Valorant team as well. So it's, it, it makes a lot of sense to bring it back, you know, bring it back to New York. Totally. I mean, I, I credit to them for attempting it. Um, it can't be easy to just take a team, you know, either move them or or have them stationed there and try to build something out there. I, that that's that can't be easy. Um, but when you look at this rollout, I mean. 
does anybody do it better than NYXL, man? I, I'm constantly impressed with these video rollouts, these announcements. You know, every year it feels like it's like, all right, what's what's NYXL up to? Like, they got to be having something cooking yeah. under the hood. Yeah. Again, they don't disappoint. And I look at this roster and I'm not disappointed. I, they, we got some we got some work to go. We got, we got some room to, to grow a little bit. Again, it's still a little shallow, like we said with Philly. But I'm, you know, daddy's liking, daddy's looking. You know, he's, this is it's not bad. It's not bad. I like Anbox as an org a lot. I think Anbox yeah. do a great job. You talked about the videos and the socials and the content. Yeah, it's killer all good stuff. Um, I like it. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot I like about their parent organization. Hundred percent. Yeah, no, for sure. I don't know. Like the the way they handle things is always like been pretty top notch. Mm-hmm. Like the it it is at every s- step of communicating with that organization you kind of feel it they're very quality focused that just shines through like if you guys like that's that's the impression i got from people attending their home stands in the past that is the impression mm. i am getting when i'm communicating with their pr people the um like with their team manager who's a great minion um i, I don't know like all of those guys are just like so smart about things it's mm-hmm. always like well thought out even if you don't see it like i always bring up this this uh example where like the community heavily criticized them for the tri-state area idea and then they actually had a pretty sound reasoning behind it and the team wasn't actually that bad yes they they definitely dropped in in quality after that but like this there's, there's a plan there's a salient um salient solution there even though i will say sometimes i guess like their idealism gets in the way of like catching the wavelength of the community mm. okay so the 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 xl2 th- stuff is one example but also like the late roster announcements is sort of like i think at least from the vocal minority is is not that well appreciated in terms of the timing Everyone, like, that's the problem. Quality stuff needs quality time. And, I mean, their Ross announcement video was pretty sweet. Let's not lie. Like, a lot of effort put in that for 100%. Like, that that took money. That took effort. That took a team of people to put together outside mm. of, like, player player footage, player face announcement. Yeah. And, you know, this this was, like, a whole ordeal to put through. Like, yeah, I think that requires some time, folks. Now, I'm wondering, can, uh, Eric, can you look up, because, like, this is always, like, of course, the inter- eternal, like, competition in terms of, um, like, how many views do you get for those? But can you look up, uh, like, how, uh, how many views they got on YouTube for that, uh, for that rollout? Because I, I think it's not inexpensive to produce. They had some pretty sick graphics in there. Um and it's also in the deepest off season. The timing could not be worse, I think, in terms of like right. audience activation. Uh, let me see what what was it? Nineteen thousand views. <sighs> Should have way more. I feel like it needs another zero at the end of that. You know, at least. I mean, the problem but... is that it's really hard to get that in Overwatch anymore. Right? Yeah, and especially. And especially Overwatch League, like we're not even just talking about the league anymore, just over, yeah. Overwatch straight up. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Now compare that to like a video of like G two announcing 
I don't know, some uh, CS player or something, or some... Yeah, it's like, not close. Like, but maybe, dude, uh, Eric, just go, like, G2 Esports on on, uh, on YouTube. Let's see. And then let's see, like, an, a roster announcement video. Um, just go to videos. Uh, da, 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 da. Is there anyone? Welcome, I see there. Welcome, Moss. Mons, yeah. Monessi. Uh, pull that up. How much is it? I mean, I mean that's not as high produced, right? Yeah. What's what's the view count? I I can't. Uh, can you pull it up slightly? Two hundred eighty. Is that two hundred eighty? Two hundred sixty. Okay. Two sixty. So two sixty for like a roster announcement of a guy that isn't too terribly popular, even though yeah, I guess he's a, he's like a new up and coming player in a game that should be comparative in size, but isn't anymore. Um, I mean, you're also looking at like a bigger brand as well. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how many subscribers does G2 have on the YouTube page? Yeah, you know? sure. Like, Six hundred and thirty-four thousand. Yeah, but it's like, yes, G2 of course is a way bigger org, and they're way better at uh, marketing than just about everyone. Yeah, but we're not within a magnitude, dude. No. One day no. we'll get there. We will get there that, sooner or later. That sounds like a, some hardcore hoping that I just put out there. Anyway, um, let's talk about the actual roster. Yes. So, some we'll we we had only Flora for the longest time. New York was a one man show, just Flora. Even lost Jonak. Didn't think that would ever happen, but it has. Yeah. Um. So Carpe is now officially the longest serving player on a single team on any team. Uh, we had Yaki and Kellen rumored. I believe we had Myongbong rumored. Do we ever have Gangnam Jin rumored? No, that one was that caught me off guard for sure. Uh, no, I think well, it was leaked. Oh, was it? Yeah. That's the thing. Is like that's the thing. Is like I feel like somewhere I did hear it being leaked. Oh, okay. But I also, yeah, I think, it, but yeah, it also did. It also did caught me off, uh, catch me off guard yeah. as well, Joe. Because I'm like, oh wait a minute, Gangnam Jin. Yeah. But then I'm like, then I'm like, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. According to makes a lot of sense for uh, you know maybe who the coach could be as well. Yeah. Just uh, leaving that that one. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, hell of that I wonder oh, who the coach could be. I mean, yeah. Wow. Yep, yep. It's me. Um, we still have room for definitely a tank. I tank think they need another DPS. Yeah, third I think they need a DPS. I think this is here's an interesting discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that was brought up before we started recording, but is is good to readdress now, is that how big should this roster be? Because it's going to be hard for them to reinforce their roster mid-season, sure. as we saw with other four Korean teams in NA. If you are having roster problems, let's use Dallas example because they're the clear example. They were trying to get Pine in for mm-hmm. like what felt like the entire season, yeah, and it took them forever. Not their fault. Just how immigration works took them forever to get Pine in, and then when he did when he did get in, they didn't end up playing him because came well a couple of reasons: a hit scan not meta; b he joined the team so late he just didn't have time to gel with the team and play with the team. And you're not going to put in a new player for playoffs, the most important part of your season. So it's like, yeah, a poor guy just never got to play at all. Um, so if you were the NYXL. How are you gonna you're gonna run into probably similar issues this year if you need to reinforce it? That says to me, the roster they get needs to be solid from the get go because if they have any issues and they need to get new players, it's gonna be too fucking hard. 
That means I would like to see them pick up, I would say eight players would be my standard for this team. Anything less, they're probably in trouble. Yeah, I would agree. I think you. I think that's like the the right line of reasoning um, that this team has to come kind of prepared for. Um, and I think there are some, you know, alluded to it earlier. I think there are some like notable players that I feel like kind of fit in. You're looking at a, maybe a main support. Hey, maybe there's a teammate of, of some of these guys that might be looking for you know a gig. Maybe there's just like an all right role player hit scan that like has worked with these players before. Maybe has worked with the coach. Maybe we grab them. You know, there there are some obvious ones. There are obviously some gambles they can take from Kadir's career that I think would plug in very nicely. Um, I think this core is exciting. I, I look at um, Gangnam Jin like a little mini Twilight. Like I hear coaches from back in the day talking about like, I don't know why you guys don't rate Florida higher. Gangnam Jin is a fucking animal. Like this kid makes plays compared to like nobody. Nobody's doing the things that he's doing. He's impacting the game. Uh, you know, far surpassing anybody else. Um, and, and you see this repeatedly. This kid is a like playmaker in a position that, yeah, you can shoot a volley as Zen. You can do this. You can hit a sick nade. You can hit a sick sleep. But are you doing it consistently? Are you, is your team kind of backing you to like, could, like try to have you do that? That's not something that everybody's willing to do. That's something that you're seeing consistently with Gangnam Jim. That's what I'm kind of hoping that they continue doing. Yun Bong, obviously. A stud. They, they like, like the same player, aren't they? Um, <sighs> both Anna players. And like, like, oh shit, they're both Anna players. Who's gonna play Anna? Sure. They're gonna have to, they're gonna have to do a paintball one v one before every game to decide who plays. But yeah. if if you look at the narrative of those guys, like they are like one tier one point five flex supports in teams that didn't do terribly well, yeah. and everyone still understands they're really good at their role. But yeah. at the same time, you don't hear much of them. Like as as like characters or whatever, they just show up and do their job. Like they, I feel like in my mind where they are in which box unfair Yiska box they are in. Yeah, they they're in the same box. They're like one A one B. But they okay. See, I I can understand with with uh, Gangnam Jin, but Myunbong I feel like gets like this crazy like he's like kind of like rated accurately but like also not at the same time because i feel like his standout season he was kind of just over like shadowed by jerry just like doing huh. cute things like every time like i hardcores of the podcast you'll know this you've you've listened to me rant about this some of you i've i've converted to this church like this kid was robbed a number of mvps a number of just like standout performances were overshadowed by like jerry doing like funny thing number you know 27 and a half um that people kind of lash on to and like oh jerry fell off the map again isn't that so funny while being bugs like hard caring for boston like this kid is great i think they are very good they kind of operate in the same class i would agree with that um but they're in my head they're a little bit different in how they do that i think gumbong's a little bit more safer it's a little bit more reserved i think gondam jin is like that aggressive lee jay gone like is gonna go in there and he's gonna make that play and he's gonna win you the game or he's gonna feed like i'm also they yeah. they operate they operate like on the this at like a polar opposite level i feel like i'm gonna say something about myungbong I, I think there's a level to him that is a bit overrated. So that's two overrated players on New York, including Yaki. Um, no, but I think Yaki is a good player, but I just wanted to bring that up again. And the thing about Myungbong is 
I am I weird? Is it weird for me to say that he peaked in his rookie year and he hasn't looked as good since that year? Oh, for sure. To be yeah, yeah. to be fair, he's only played two years, but I mean, his 2020 rookie year was like, boom, here's Myongbong on the scene, slapping his schlong on the table, and it's like, yeah. damn, this guy kind of good. Hug kind of hug kind of swindled everybody by stealing him from O2. He mm-hmm. just sniped an O2 player from out of nowhere, like. Jesus Christ, Huck, you monster. Um, but since then, I mean, he, Myongbong wasn't better this year. I, I would argue Myongbong was, was worse. maybe worse this year than, mm, than 2020. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. everybody looks at Myongbong through this 2020 lens, ignoring that this year he fell off a bit, yeah. in my opinion. So Fair. Yeah. in that way, I think he's a little bit overrated simply because of that. Because people people are literally rating him off his 2020 performance and not his 21, 2021 performance. Therefore, they have overrated him by definition. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, possible. Yeah. But yeah. that's like, that's the kind of beauty of having those two you know, flex supports. And God forbid you have a double flex support meta. You have two like solid players at worst, right? Like, yeah, are they going to be world beaters? Maybe not. But I look at I look at you know the, the the color let's say of this team and I look at like what you know Yaki's past performances have been especially on Florida big playmaker definitely yeah. is going in there duping people that you know cause me aneurysms ad nauseum and I look at Gangnam Jin again alongside him working with him in the past I can't speak on Kellen but I feel like maybe somebody who's a little bit you know aggressively minded would you would, would that be a fair ass- assessment I think Kellen's a playmaker but he reminds me I remember I caught. Co- for, I'm about to say something where people might get triggered. Okay. So like, I was about to say, man, he reminds me of a mag. But people who didn't see, people who only saw mag right. yeah, in yeah, Overwatch yeah. League was like, well, that's pretty fucking bad. That's bad. Like, yeah. like no, no, mag when he was like pounding in contenders. So when mag left contenders, Kellen was like, he filled the fucking gap. He filled those shoes comfortably. I'm like, holy crap, this guy is like the new mag. Right. Um, which in a contenders career context is like a big compliment. Mm. So. Kellen, maybe Kellen lives up to Mag's reputation that Mag himself couldn't even live up to. Live up I to, mean, right? I mean, that'd be crazy. Even with that resume alone, it feels like this team is just going to come in guns blazing, play a really fast tempo just from three players. Just from three players. Myunbong doesn't ever have to play. You get a you get a flex support or a, a main support rather that you know can kind of facilitate this like aggressive. I you don't know. know. I don't know. Just get a speed bot. I don't care. Right? Like literally anybody. Just speed these kids in and let them frag. Like I'll you know give what? Flora a bone. Let him run. Yeah. Let's let's like put a pin by the way in the in the get off the fence question. What if Mac is in on Gladiators instead of Washington? Where does Gladiators fit in? And like oh, this year, last year, yeah, like season four. Oh. I think, yeah. Well, let's let's put a pin in it. I think that is. We're not answering that right now. I don't even know if I'm answering that today. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a hard one. That's a hard one for sure. But we'll think about that. Give me some time to think about that. Yeah, I I like this team generally. I think Flora Yaki a dynam- dynamic yeah. duo. That's just this is their, their those uh, two really really good players. Um, as long as you're not giving me an aneurysm by saying Yaki is number one at anything, no, he's not. No, no. As long as we're, as long as we're not. No one's doing that. Then I'm fine. Um, he's not also not number two on anything or number three on anything. So as long as he's not top three on anybody's list, I'm okay with that. Um, if you if he's top three on somebody's list, then that's there you go. That's evidence that he's overrated. So Yaki's like a great fourth in the world 
pipe player, which is that's good enough to me. I mean, floor is not even top four, so yeah. you're that's that's it is whatever. But they're still really good. I mean, you're the FY combo right there, Floriaki. Uh, like they need one more DPS, probably a projectile. Um, yeah. they need. I suppose they should probably get an off tank, and they suppose they should probably get a main sub. So that's three more players. My biggest issue now is you can't wait too long to pick these guys up because you have a whole. You have an entire visa situation to get yeah. past, and you need probably more players than you actually need. Otherwise, you're going to run to issues with the visas down the line, which means you got to pick up three players like now. Yeah, but I just I don't know who like because you're probably going to be fighting against Philly for the same main support. I would have to assume, uh, unless Philly are just slow and just like no, nah, you take it, and then just Philly just takes whatever's left, which is probably stupid. So Phil, you should be seeing Philly when you're fighting over a player. You should be. Mm-hmm. I don't know who is that, who that's going to be. Then you have a tank situation where, okay, well, Philly's going to be looking for a main tank and you're going to be looking for an off tank. So crisscross that one. Maybe you take Cleston off T1. Maybe you do that. Maybe they let you do that. Maybe that's fine. Uh, that'd probably be my pick in terms of who's next. And then what beyond that? You you need DPS. There's a lot of DPSs. I there's a there's a few extra DPSs still hidden in like you know real needle in the haystack type players that I could see if someone took a chance on them could be a skewed type player. And he's so well hidden that I've said his name twice now. His name is actually hidden. Um, there's another guy called Vulture as well. So these two guys from WGS hidden Vulture actually not bad at all. I, I could see them being potentially like really good are they old enough is the question they are both old enough so i could see them being like potentially really good if someone takes a chance on them but not many teams have a space for another dps uh, and york is one of those teams mm. that has a space so i think i mean that's what i'd be looking at depending on what they need i mean Ardo is still available like come on give my guy Ardo a little bit of a chance yeah. maybe uh merit's available but i don't think new york need another hit scan but do they no, they don't, do they? They have Flora already. No, Flora oh, should cover it. Yaki covers projectile. Maybe they do need a hit scan. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe the idea is to go double hit scan one projectile. Is that the correct way to do it? Because if it is, then maybe they should get merit. Maybe they should just get a hit scan like merit. Um, Can Taka I throw in another another little name there that I feel like maybe I, I feel like the fans would love to see, but you know, just gonna spitball this. Like, does NYXL just grab Exy? Um. Yeah, I can see that happening Ooh. as well. Because he posted ice happening. right and deleted them immediately after. Did did post some sussy some sussy boss Baka Aaron Yeager tweets. Did indeed tie back what to the you, beginning. So what's actually going to happen is you know how we talk about Philadelphia picking up four DPSs. Uh, <laughs> is NYXL actually just going to pick up four DPS? Just come in with a with a no, fast. Thing? No, I'm saying I'm saying Philly just just get XE. Um, no. no. No, they don't need them. That'd be stupid. They have three. That'd be... that'd be three hit scans. Like, what are you doing there? Uh, I could see it. I could see XQO New York. That is actually really, really true. Hmm. We'll get Halo on that. Halo, tell us if he's gone. Um, so there's still room. I think outside of the main support that Philly and New York are both gunning for, mm. NYXL should be able to round out this roster comfortably. Yeah. And even if they don't get a great main support. I think Myongbong Gundam Jin is a great baseline to work with anyway, unless the only way this screws them is if we head into like a massive Lucio meta yeah. 
Yeah. And they just don't have a good enough Lucio player. That would be the only way they get screwed. Other than that, I think they'll be okay. So I'm I'm pretty confident about New York and I'm Yeah, I'm pretty impressed with their roster, not gonna lie. Yeah, it looks good. Again, definitely uh room to to grow and mature, but the core looks fantastic. And then you're coming back to a let's be honest, I would argue a, a more competitive region in NA. Um I think it's a little too early to say, but I'm going to say it anyways. Um, I think New York could probably fight for a top five spot in, in North America with just what they've shown this thus far. Now, the problem is the following. Uh-huh. I think NYXL didn't look that much worse on paper last year. <laughs> uh... And what, what problem... New York has had, arguably since at least season two, is a mm. coaching issue. Yeah. At least outward. Right? right? Like, sure. they haven't found that superstar coach. And I feel like a lot of the time that has been their, their difference maker. Like, um, I, I feel like you put Krusty, you put 9K, you put Rush into the teams that they have built in Seasons 3 and Season 4. And you'd expect a lot. I and agree. you'd probably see way better results that, than they had. But maybe I'm completely wrong. This, of course, like such an inexact science. It's just like a gut feeling that they had a ton of potential. They just could never really get on page, especially Season 4. Their p potential was massive, and they could never consistently deliver on it. I think, yeah, I don't know how, but they, they choked as a team. <laughs> Like everybody yeah. just choked. They really collectively choked. The one player yeah. that I feel like probably didn't choke as hard as everybody else was Jonak. Yeah. Like yeah. Jonak still pulled some mad weight. Oh, I'll give, I'll give Flora some props well. towards the yes. end. Towards the end, Flora pulled some pretty mad weight. But yeah, like yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what happened to that team. Like, they had such a on paper strong team that just fizzled. Even though you know, to throw New York a bone towards playoffs, they started doing really well. Agreed. And if they kept up that form, I think they would have made, or they could have really threatened a playoffs position, but it was just too late. They lost too many regular season games, yep. and that meant that they had no chance of making a, the playoffs run that they wanted. That's um, why I rate Calio so highly, is I feel like he was the catalyst to really kind of bring this team into vogue and like really show us what this team could have been at the start of the season that I don't know what he said. I don't know what kind of magic, you know, juice he brought with him, but it, it was a different team. It was completely he, um, revitalized. He pressed the right click in defense matrix uh Yakupong a little bit better than Bianca. Hey, whatever whatever <laughs> it needed, whatever happened, it was it was magic. <laughs> it was Just it keep, was stellar. Keep Yakupong alive two to three seconds longer. We did it, guys. Uh Guangbong is one of the few players on this team from last year that didn't retire. As I look at how sad it is, Bianca, Yakpung, Feather, Friday, Ivy, all retired. Jesus, it's like a graveyard. This yeah. old New York is like a graveyard of players. Fucking five of them retired. Uh, Guangbong is still in the mix, and I still think he's got a, high, a lot of potential. So yeah, we talk about Xy maybe coming on this team. I talk about a bunch of other rookies, mm -hmm. but he probably deserves. I still think look. GB. I think GB could get another shout, man. Yeah, I remember. Your... I remember you specifically doing that. That kind of a co-stream with uh, New York scrimming. I think it was Charge, if I remember correctly, like preseason last year, and like. I remember you had a you had really? a lot. I think oh yeah, was. I did. No, no, it was um, Washington. No, it wasn't. 
No, it was no. You're right. It was charge. I think it was charge. Yeah, it was no charge. Because it was like the Mai Kaylee and the Guangboon like uh, yeah dynamic. And I remember GB had a lot of fucking praise around him. He looked great, but like that was not the player who we saw throughout that stretch. Right, like that was he was just absent. Well, yeah, preseason the guy was like I don't feel like Guangboon and Kaylee had a very similar trajectory. (laughs) Preseason they were both nutcases. Like holy, Mm -hmm. these are some rookie gods coming out you know we got some real king kong versus godzilla yeah. shit happening on screen and then we get to the actual season and they're just both bad i'm like what H- how what happened what happened in the one month between preseason and now did they like they both get food poisoning that lasted a whole year like what's going on because this this shouldn't happen i i can't i can't explain it in any other way yeah. Then to say they they just choked. I don't know. Just they just they just did the rookie choke. Um, that's where effect, I, I don't know what it is. Just just flower came in and just bonked <sighs> both of them on the head and be like, "You're both gonna choke now." I don't know. That's where I side with you in saying like they probably deserve at least another look. Like if if we're throwing bones to Carpe and we're throwing bones to Flora, like GB, like it Mate, probably could sit on. No, we're not. Carpe's not having any bones thrown to him. He's he's had bags thrown at him. Agree. Carpe do be like Scrooge McDuck in that vault of cash currently. So he's he's chill. He's chill no matter what happens. Um I think New York are gonna be fine. I don't know about top five. You said top five, Joe. That's I, I f- could fight. You with with the progression of this roster, I'm looking at, you know, potential outlier teams, you know. Right. Do we think Atlanta's gonna be up there? I think for a lot of people they could argue. I and I, I think I do. It's possible. unless the team unless the team implodes, but I think Atlanta would be five out of five, right? Sure. My 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 five are like what, shot glads Dallas, um, and then fuck it, Toronto, Atlanta. That's my five. Sure. So New York would have to be better than Atlanta. I think. Or, I think they could or fight Toronto, for it. Or one of Toronto or Atlanta have to choke. Um, it's not impossible for Toronto. In fact, actually, fun fun little matchup. New York Toronto would be fun. Yeah. Because you got the Hisu versus Yaki and Gangnam mm-hmm. Jin matchup. So you got half of the old, well, half. You got two of the old runaways versus one of the runaways. And yeah, you got Twilight versus Mini Twilight, yeah. as, as you said. So that'll be a really cool matchup. I think Toronto and New York could have a fun rivalry next, this year. Mm-hmm. Those two teams could really go at it. I can see that happening for sure. They're going to be uh, a little scary team. It, it's, it's, it's another one of those like stratification that we're kind of already are kind of playing out. Like I agree, like top three feels kind of like a lock and then it's just a, I'm, I'm smattering of like on the day, maybe you beat them. Maybe it's a mm. meta thing. Maybe it's a, whatever it is, right? Like they could be competitive and it's like, I could put New York there and mm. I wouldn't hate it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pretty happy with where we are with New York. Uh, what's next on the docket? So, uh, do we, yeah, we, I guess we should talk a little bit about the 13-7 implication. Mm. Only reason I bring this up is because of the fact that I'm fairly certain, not, I don't have inside information, this is not me confirming anything, I'm just guessing, I'm speculating that this is the confirmation of a 13-7 because I just don't see any other team going to APAC. You know, I think there was the whole thing like, oh, is DC going, to, is Washington going to APAC? I'm like, you don't even Karen Thill doesn't even have shouldn't even have to come out and say it. Like, how is justice gonna go to APAC? You, you guys, 
teams don't just okay outside of because people are gonna bring what about valiant teams outside of valiant don't just pick up and go like that because it takes a lot of cost and infrastructure to go why is philly in korea because they have t1 we already talked about this t1 have a huge fucking building in the middle of gangnam where the league of legends team and the contenders team and all other t1 based esports teams valorant whatever I don't know if the Valorant teams play. My point is, they all the T1 Korean teams play out of that T1 building. They have huge infrastructure in Korea that makes a lot of sense for Philly to be in Korea. Um, New York just don't have that. And Washington don't fucking have that. Toronto don't have that. Toronto, they're owned by... Um, what's their face? Overactive Media. Overactive, who have um, Mad Lions and stuff. They have their own facility in Toronto. Like we've The videos are there. You're not, no one, no one would pay double the fucking cost of having a facility in both Toronto and Korea. Like you will, you're paying for one facility. That's it. And you're, are they, they're building a stadium, aren't they? They're yeah. like, they're like double, triple, quadruple down in Toronto. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. So Toronto's not going to Korea. Like you remove that from your mind real quick. Um, and then who was the other team that could go? Is that it? Boston, maybe? No, no, but it can't be Boston because they're, they're, they're partnered or they're, they have some sort of yeah. ownership. I don't know. Do they own? I don't know. They partnered with the Helix Esports thing in Boston. So they have their own thing going on in Boston. They're not going. They're not leaving Boston. They have the Gillette Arena. Do you, that's part of their ownership. Do you know what I mean? Like, you think Kraft is paying to set up new infrastructure in Korea for no reason other than to play esports? Fuck no. It's not happening. Yeah. Like, guys, like, you, you, we need to think about this logically. Like, people are just saying, like, oh, this team's Korean. They can go to Korea. It's like, no. There's a cost involved with that. That should cost money. And to be fair, like the Overwatch League could sweeten the deal and could uh, provide a, a financial incentive. It's just probably hard to make that financially feasible, especially like you kind of still want to serve your regional market. And for teams like for Toronto, their regional fan fandom is working quite well. Uh, yep. f from what I understand, like, by the way, we don't have those stats yet, do we? Like uh, Jersey sales what? from season after season three, like they were like oh. one of the top teams. Um, we haven't gotten these scorecards this season, interestingly. Uh, it's just something I realize at the moment. But, like, it doesn't make sense for Toronto. You could say Houston, but Houston is also pretty regionally tied. Oh, yeah. Uh, you could say... Houston, Houston have their home base in Houston. They have nothing going on in Korea. They have they yeah. still have Dante and maybe Jake on the team. You yeah. know, you got non-Koreans there. Just, I guess you yeah, could... it doesn't make sense. You could look at shock, but I'm pretty sure they have their uh, infrastructure as well. And like, let's NRG, keep it keep in mind, guys. Like, Korean. like supporting that infrastructure, especially if you're a team that does a lot of content or like wants to facilitate that, dude. Like, it is always complicated through time zone differences. Like, you don't want your community management and content creation staff to be in a different time zone necessarily if you can avoid it, right? Like that, just going to increase further costs and going to prohibit you putting out solid content at the time. So um, while there's still a possibility that, that this is favorable, and I think there is something to be said, I think, I think essentially comes down to the following. 7.13 allows for a pretty cool distribution of matches that are fairly sy symmetrical in the amount of times uh, that teams need to play each other because it allows for a... Um, Four times meeting each other in APAC and two times in um, in NA type of schedule, meaning 
there's a symmetric structure where the strength of schedule doesn't play too much of a role over the season. Mm-hmm. And we've we've seen posts like Barois pointing out that, for instance, had Florida had a different strength, strength of th- schedule and had been able to farm up on the bottom tier teams, they would have likely switched places and would have been in playoffs, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you want to avoid that. But at the same time, you've got to figure out a process by which you don't run into trap games for very important matches of the season. Now, why would trap games exist? Well, just think of it logically. If there's seven teams in APAC playing on a weekend and each team needs to play two matches, then that doesn't really work, does it? Like, one would have to play three or one have to only play one or... Like, you would have to be very creative with your scheduling at some point in the season and it would, would create asymmetries. So there's no perfect solution and like the lowest common denominator of those two systems finding each other is way higher the amount of matches than we could feasibly do so what kind of a solution do we do we have there i think we, you just got to trade off like um you got to be clever with the break weeks that specific teams have and break weeks once again are not symmetrical and therefore favor certain teams because if your break week is in the f- f- first week of a new hero pool for instance we know from Justice uh, last year that this was tremendously beneficial to them in terms of the win rates they had whenever they could sit out first week, right? Now, um, the the general distribution, it is really hard to maintain competitive integrity with split-up um, regions that are asymmetrical, but you can't really help it. And personally, I would say... I would take the the issue of potential trap games or asymmetric scheduling over a different amount of times I'm meeting each team. Just because, like, historically, they have always been atrocious, atrociously bad teams in comparison to the other rest of the field, where there's, there seems to be, like, almost like a universal role in Overwatch League, and many leagues for that matter, that there's like one or two teams that are almost always free wins to everyone that is sort of de- decent, right? And to pl- be able to play those twice is a massive boon, probably much greater than the trap game that you could be f- like avoiding would be able it's like to like half a Paris wins. Yeah. So um, there's no perfect system, but I personally favor this seven thirteen splat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then being clever with the scheduling, and maybe there's there's some way to figure this out in a in a better way where it could be more fair. Unfortunately, hero pools also adds complexity to that system. Let's also be honest: there is no perfect schedule unless you're playing hundred games a day. Why? Because if I am theoretically right, it is season three again. I'm playing the Titans, the old Titans roster, early in the season, I still have, like, the elite Titans at the time. Then this team gets completely split up. They have to recruit an entirely new team who are two or three levels below them. Now I don't have to play against the Titans of old anymore. Things like this happen. Different metas like this happen. So inherently, like, when you meet someone in the season, we'll... there's no perfect system, once again. But I personally prefer... The 17-13 split, 24 matches, with the same amount of matches, because I think that provides for higher competitive integrity. Mm-hmm. Now, 
I think there's an argument to be made about the sameness of how APEC would feel. Because if you're thinking about it, right, let's say you will play each team each stage. Is that too much? Maybe. But would one more team help? I doubt it. I don't know. Like, I don't make think... It make it harder, wouldn't it? It, it would make the, the schedule... Uh, sorry, the, the symmetry harder. But yeah. just like from a viewer uh, perspective, like, do you feel like one team would help matchup variety really so significantly that you would derive a great amount of enjoyment uh, out of that? Probably not, I, right? I prefer four round robins. Give me four, seven teams. Everyone plays each other once per stage. Give me that. I, I, I yeah. want that. That sounds way better. Yeah, I you agree. Know? Uh, that sounds like a better format because... Yeah. You know, it's, 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 in terms of competitive integrity, it, it couldn't be... You don't have a more fair format. You're literally playing every single team every single time, which means you don't... There's zero strength of schedule considerations. You don't... Let's say Valiant shit again. Everyone just farms Valiant. It was like, oh, cool, but at least everyone gets to farm them equally. Yes. Not one team. One team doesn't get to farm them more than another team. You all get the same opportunity now, so there's no excuses. And I mean, I like seeing certain matchups. There's some really, really good matchups in here. Like Seoul, Shanghai is going to be a banger every single time. You're seeing that four times a year minimum. Holy shit, like, you'll sign me up. You know, that's, that sounds amazing. So true. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about APAC going to 7. I wasn't before. I was like, oh no, we're losing a team. That sucks. Mm. But the more, you know, listening to your explanation, the more I think about it, I'm like, actually, this is a good thing. 713, if that's what we end up on, which I think we do, is really good. Because again, the only other teams that could maybe go over are uh, Washington and Dallas, where it's not going to happen. Because first of all, Washington already said they won. For people that are like, oh, well, they could just be lying. I'm like, motherfucker, they have a home base built in Washington, D.C., that they play out of. What the fuck do they have in Korea? Nothing. They would have to start from scratch. It would cost them so much money. Are you stupid? Like, what do you mean? No, they're not going to go. They said they're not going. And like, no, there's no chance they're lying. Like, it, yeah, it's, just follow the fucking, follow the paper trail. Follow the money. The money doesn't fucking lie. Okay? It costs them way too much money to move to Korea. It's way more financially viable to stay in DC. That's all you need to know. Same with Dallas. But yeah, the MV have their own shit set up in texas in dallas why the hell would they go anywhere they haven't gone anywhere for the for four fucking years so it's not going to be them either it's not it's not going to be anybody just it would have to be a full korean team or like a mega majority korean team and we've we've gone over every single one of those teams and i can't find a reason for any of them to go to korea so to, to me it's confirming 713 you might you might as well lock it in yep seems very plausible and again to echo what you're saying like if it helps the overall formatting <coughs> of the league um so that you have less kind of bye weeks you have more competitive games yeah i think it's uh, the the best look for everybody uh across the board like you're saying you know, more shanghai soul games more potential or, or less of a potential for strength of schedule to influence overall season standing i think is a, a boon for everybody um full support of it okay guys let's talk about the mixed bags let's talk about uh the different small bits and pieces moving about um one of which is i don't have a lot to add to this under some we'll do this one very quick as we move past mm. uh, vancouver have moved up their team size from five to seven 
and who they add, they added Psycho uh, and Skarepa. I said mm-hmm. his name correctly. Um, unfortunately, it's just more like EU players that I don't really know too much about. So I don't know if anybody um... else would, uh, would like to add some more stuff in there uh, for these guys. It's another DPS and another support. No tank. I would have imagined that Vancouver would have added another tank by now. Because now if Vancouver want to get a tank, it had to be eight plays. And I would have thought seven would have been maximum for Vancouver. Yeah. That's kind of the biggest thing for me is how wide they're going. Like they're really grabbing as many players as they can. And like so far, it's everything looks good on paper. It's kind of interesting how it all comes together. And, you know, uh, there there is going to be a tank incoming for them. Um, but to speak specifically on uh psycho um apparently a very doing some research speaking with some people um he was quote a feast or famine player um Mm -hmm. which to me reads as like a a big playmaker can do a lot is not you know shy when it comes to making big plays um but was not somebody not somebody's name who I heard thrown around a lot. It, it really took going to coaches, going to casters and, and asking them to really kind of like start to hear these players names kind of thrown around. Um, I think he comes from Falcons, if memory serves. Yep. Falcons EU. Um, so has a pedigree of success coming uh, from a domestic league or contenders region rather. Um, and yeah, I think is going to be a pleasant surprise for some people um, and seems to be a pretty solid teammate all around, like somebody who's who comes in, brings a kind of positive aura. Apparently, is pretty funny. Um, and, and yeah, just an overall like a good guy to have around and somebody who mm-hmm. probably will see some playtime, maybe not over uh, some of the, the stars, but, you know, somebody who's going to be competitive. I mean, we're talking about a team that you'd have to be fighting against what Aspire shockwave for playtime yeah, so that's that's tough already. it'll be a challenge it'll be a challenge mm. um i think skareepa must be like competes with aztec for double flex support but also maybe aztec doesn't like shop again he's had like a really interesting career he was really big in contenders he's another one of those guys that like unfortunately he feels like a bit of a contenders flop because i had some i had some big stock in this guy coming into overwatch league and just never yeah, I mean, he was on Toronto, and it just—I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so maybe you do need a backup there. I don't know who starts either, so we'll figure out. He's also Korean, and what is otherwise a full Western team. I was about to say European, but then I remembered Aspire's in there, uh, and also False is in there. I just got a message as well. I just saw the, the the screenshot from Eric that put in there, but Titans Justin, who's their GM, has mentioned that they are probably still looking to get another tank player, but it's TBD because they want to find out more about Overwatch Two and what to define what they're looking for before they assign another player which actually makes a lot of sense now thinking about it so uh probably the correct thing to do so what we can expect then is that titans will go for eight players so if, if titans are going for eight players new york you got no excuse yeah zero zero excuse and it feels like they're shoring up all their bases you know they want to go for a tank but they want to get more information you know maybe aztec doesn't necessarily pan out i know after speaking with flubby he was somebody who not only you know said the right things without going into detail but like also looked like a stud in trials um yeah yeah and if that doesn't work out you have sky reaper to kind of fall back on who obviously comes from a lot of success and contenders 
you have some, you know, fallback policy with Psycho, maybe even giving him a couple like pocket picks to maybe play over some of the starters. Everything's kind of settling out to be a a pretty damn good team. I mean, I, I know I, I've seen Aztec's peak. I know what his potential looks like. And when this when this guy's popping off, I was like, Jesus, this is like um I think wanna be a top flex support coming in. And I'm trying to remember what season it was exactly and who he was competing against and with. I believe it was season two, 2020. And he was, you know, alongside, I mean, Finn was still there at the time. Sure. And I felt like Aztec was probably better than Finn at the time. MCD was still there. Um, okay. Who else? It was some other talent. Um, yeah, I mean, there was just play. Revenge was there. I know it's a bit of a meme for you, Skib, but just bring up his name again to uh to get yes going so yeah i mean i f- i feel like uh this guy was better than finn in 2020 and just didn't really come out as huge as he probably could have been so hopefully mm. he gets a he gets a proper shot to play and and prove himself but uh, that's going to be titans i don't really have too much to add on titans unless yes does no no not really i think they're going to be a fun team I'm not sure how successful they will be, but I could totally see them just being like very aggressive and like being audacious with their place and really in your face. I hope, uh, like, especially I'm looking at Aspire and Shockwave, just keep their energy up. Because, like, I mean, Aspire had a bit of a hard task, but he he only benefited from that, seemingly. Had like a great reputation then. And then Shockwave had a rough ride over the last years. Like I feel like Shockwave was almost like the aspire of the season before, mm-hmm. but like right. because of the Philly situation, he never got to pop off to the degree that he wanted to. So I hope like these guys just have like a solid season, no like logistical dumb shit that just like disrupts their flow or ability to play the game. No visa garbage or whatever that could happen. And they can just like reliably play the mm. game of Overwatch, and unfortunately, there's also a sense where maybe their shine is gone now. I I hope that that's not the case, but yeah, it's given those circumstances, it's not not something that can't happen, right? Like they. Mm. Oh, I we'll figured it out, guys. Um, Vancouver are going to APAC to be the eighth team, and Shockwave's ah, like, no, yes. no, 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 not again, not again, no, not again. So there it is. <laughs> They're Super like, sleuth. we got one, we got one Korean. We got to make Aztec happy. We got to go back to Korea, guys. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay, that is Vancouver. Let's talk about Chengdu and some other teams and stuff going on. So, Yiska, you really wanted to see this happen. I mean, I think we all did to some degree. We wanted to see Chengdu make some moves, uh, and they some they make some moves into the negative in terms of removing plays haven't added anybody yet so still going to be in a pretty waiting room but for now it does look like they're clearing some space for a pretty to arrive yeah feels Thank like God. writing on the walls they're rolling out the red carpet that's what it feels fuck, like dude feels like it yeah i don't it know was, it was weird you know without without these moves it's like do you really do you really want five dps it's a little weird because if memory serves, Jessica, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. Like they were under contract still per the official like contract yes. list, right? Yes, they were on existing contracts, right? Ooh. Now 
there's set we don't actually like honestly like ever since we got the 30 day rule the the information that we get of those contracts is almost inconsequential because we don't know what these players negotiated like i can give you a 10 year contract easy peasy but the only one that stands to benefit from the 10 year range is the organization if you stay like the best player in the world for the next 10 years there's no optionality for you. The optionality is all with the team, meaning you could be fired theoretically within 30 days. Now, you can negotiate this uh, as a player, but this is not knowledge that we as a public are privy of. So, like, how to evaluate those contract situations is different. Now, for in order, but my best understanding of this is that neither Taro Cookie or Jimmy were the two way players, I think. So they would necessarily have to be downgraded from their contract. There's several ways where how this works. Maybe amicably, they just say like, look, a predator has been like MVP for the last three contender seasons in a row. We just kind of like, you're not playing if a predator comes up. We're sorry. Jinmu is sort of like our like mascot slash actually really good at some of the roles. You're not getting past leave, my dudes. You can play in contenders or like you can collect a paycheck, right? And uh, or Chengdu just went well. Your thirty days are up. If you want to play for contenders or contenders team, then play for a contenders team. We don't know how it worked out, right? Like, um. But by all that I know, their contracts had to change in their substance for them to be able to play in Chaser full time now, right? I don't think they have Overwatch League contracts anymore, and not. It doesn't sound like they even have two way contracts. Even though they were on existing contracts, meaning they probably would have to have to cancel that unless there's some new contract role that we don't know of. And, I mean, for one, signing long contracts, like, without the 30-day knowledge is, is, means nothing, nothing. But also, signing long contracts in the old model... I think, for instance, card pay would have to be signed on an old contract, if I'm, uh, if I'm not I mistaken. Um, like, that's very different. It's also, like, saying, like, I think Toronto said something, like, we're, like, we signed those guys for three years. Okay, so what do you mean with three years? That means nothing right. to me. Like, is it a two plus one? Is it a three-year uh, guaranteed for your team? Three plus one and... Uh, sorry, three guaranteed years, uh, two plus one or one plus two is basically the same thing given the 30-day th roll. Like, practically, mm. it's exactly the same thing. Now, that is something I need to know in order to, for me to assess the situation and how committed you are to those players. Did you give them 90 days? Did you give them six months? What kind of assurances do, did you put into their contract in order to say, like, that these are you're counting on them long-term, right? Mm. Um, so without knowing any of that it is pretty and I will also say hmm, I will also say that even if you negotiate higher durations there are ways to get past that as well in the Overwatch League okay so there are four course terminations for instance sure, sure. so um, yeah it's, it's basically we know nothing as a public on uh, on uh, contracts, contracts and there's there's it's really hard to like discern anything from the information 
<coughs> that we are getting other than someone wasn't extended or something from the contract clause right. um, sheet that we get. Would you feel comfortable kind of confirming um, that like or speaking on kind of how certain players or maybe players and their agents are negotiating either out or, you know, uh, renegotiating that 38 day contract? Is it as simple as like, OK, we're we're actually doing 60 days, we're doing, you know, X amount of months or we're completely removing it. Is that like something that you've actually seen proof of happening? Yes, like some some players have sixty days for sure. Some players okay. have ninety days for sure. Um, like given the length of the the season, like I, I'm not sure how how what what the average would be. But of course, like if you think about it, this is really just something that you can factor onto the salary, right? Like the assurance of X salary will be paid to you once you. Right. There's also something like we basically understand that. You know, the current minimum that you have to pay a Overwatch player is actually not 50,000 or 51 or whatever they raise it to, right? It is actually 37,500. Why? Because they only have to pay an annualized rate. Okay? So annualized rates means you need to pay 50K over 12 months. Now, if you don't sign a player and Overwatch League contracts go until the end of the season, it's a defined... Uh, date by the league. I think it was in November. We we know that one for sure. You can look it up in the contract sheet, right? So, given that, if you, for instance, like, you needed to sign five players by January, right? Mm. If you signed them on January 1st, that's when their contract starts. Then it goes yeah. until like, October, let's say. Then you only have 10 months that you need to pay them. Theoretically speaking, the sixth player that you also need to confirm at a later date you can start paying that guy even later and you only need to pay the annualized rate. Now, in fairness to teams, they do, from what I know, sort of factor that into the salary that you're getting, right? Like okay. their annualized salary offer will be higher because you were saying, signed later. It doesn't mean you didn't work beforehand or whatever. Right. Um, or you might have not even, like a lot of players basically do unpaid work in terms of uh trials and whatnot right even though we can we can definitely have a discussion at what point trials constitute work and whatnot like i think in some instances where a team took a player for tryouts f knowing full well that they won't recruit him but l yep. have him dangling so they have the ability to scrim against their actual starter it's a it's a shitty practice in that that regard because like you're not even giving that guy a chance he's just doing labor for you, but yeah I think overall um, the teams are pretty fair in terms of how they annualize the rates there are even some teams that um, will just pay you the full amount so like you will like, like let's say some of the teams and it's it's a small amount. Sure. Sign you in January, then they will value your contract back for twelve uh, months, and will pay you upfront that amount that you lost by not being signed uh, through the annualized rate, right? So, um, but once again, like there are so many cogwheels to turn and like switches to pull and levers sure, to sure. Uh, put at an angle. Is it's like the value of a contract is very different, right? Like it's there's also another thing that is really strangely complicated. It's like, for instance, you know the um the right to match that contenders teams have, right? Sure. 
So just to explain, if you are a, an academy team Hather, then you have the right to match the offer that another team is put, giving you, right? Now, what does that mean? Because what if, let's say, you are in a team that is owned by a streaming business, right? So therefore, maybe one of my offers is to give you vastly better CPM on your per personal stream, right? That could be part of your contract. Okay. Sure. Um, CPM clicks per th uh, 1,000 or clicks per mil, meaning like you would m be making way more money from your personal stream, and that is a variable amount. How do you weigh that up against someone that doesn't have a streaming service, isn't able to monetarily provide that? Well, the Overwatch League then says you need to provide something in of comparable quality or something like that, right? But that's quickly getting pretty iffy, right? Right. That's why also, by the way, like these types of calculations was always why the salary cap was stupid as hell, right? Um, so it's like contracts in the Overwatch League are quite complex, which is why like an agent makes sense in order to negotiate the different type of things that you might require from your contract. But we don't know anything of that. We don't know anything there, right? Um, and to be honest, very often players themselves don't know, right? Until they're confronted with the, um, oh yeah, like they want to get rid of you and they can. Like, it's not very often actually. Right. Like, I think a decent amount are quite literate in their, their okay, contracts. That's good. But um, yeah, it's, it is complex in the, in the types of, Clauses you can negotiate for, but it's entirely in transparent to the public. Right, right. more so than so, most people realize. In conclusion, you like Chengdu now? Yes, a Preta waiting room. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah, that was a lot. Oh, thank you. That was a uh, lot to take in. I'm still <laughs> digesting. Nice. That, that's right in there with my McDonald's, just, whoosh, mm. just toiling away in my stomach currently. Um, excuse me, Jesus. Wow. I, I mean, yeah, Chengdu, obviously, they do some interesting stuff with their player contracts. They, they sign, I believe Jimmy and Takuki were on two years each, but none of that really matters with the whole 30-day thing anyway. Um, actually, though, I find it interesting that they're probably not on two ways. And that got me thinking, I don't think Chengdu need two ways. I don't need anybody on two ways because that almost costs them more money than just to have them on Team Chaser as not a two way. Because if they really needed these guys back on the team in an emergency, let's say a Pruder rumored, or let's say, you know, we expect Pruder to be on team, him, Leave, and Jamu are all sick and can't play, or they're all in the hospital and can't play or whatever then you can put Jimmy and Tyra Cookie on a 30-day, right? They can still come in on a fresh 30-day and play uh, emergency contract. So that being the case, it almost doesn't make sense for them or anybody to do a two-way contract anymore. It feels like two ways are potentially dead, in my opinion. So, yeah, Chengdu now have to think about what they want to do for the rest of the team, the rest of the team being the tanks. They're on seven players. I expect them to be on nine uh, which means a pretty joins, that's going to be eight, and then one more tank joins, that's nine, they got four supports, for fuck's sake, so they don't need more than that. 
I think they're fine with leave Jim Rupert as a trio is is brilliant. Like that's a disgustingly good do, a trio of DPS. Uh, Gaga needs somebody to help him out with off tank duties, and apart from that, I think Chengdu are done. Chengdu don't have a lot to look at for tanks. They can try and still Liga, but I I don't yeah. know if Spark will sell. Spark have got three tanks, so they can sell, but I don't but know if they, they want to. Yeah, if they do, then they are stacking Chengdu the fuck up. They're helping, they're helping a team they have to compete against be even better. So for that reason, I feel like Spark don't want to sell. But also for that reason, if Spark want to make some money, they can because they're holding on to a player that they have to pay. That they're holding on to somebody that's not going to get any playtime that they're just wasting money on. Yeah, like you've got three tanks at most. Two of them are going to play. One of them is perma benched for sure. So somebody there they are wasting money on. It might be Burner, it might be Gushra, it might be Liga, it's not entirely certain. Mm. Um, so I can see both ways that Spark can and should sell, but maybe also shouldn't sell, because you don't want to make your competition even stronger. Uh, but if you don't get Liga and Hunters, the rest of it is like, well, I guess you got Dai, who is Riven, and Kodomo, and it's not looking too great. You know, you you, you got some okay players after that. You must want. You must just want to be like. Like, do you want to come back, like Young? Because our options are limited. Like, we're kind of scraping the barrel a little bit, like Young. You might want to just come back for us because you know the other the other options don't look too great. Is uh, legitimately what they might have to do. There was even a rumor that could Chengdu get a Korean player, and I believe Chengdu have had. They've had somebody said. I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm trying to find a source on this. Otherwise, it's just going to have to be a trust me, bro. But I'm pretty sure that they'd be open to a Korean player. It's not impossible for them to have a Korean player, but it's unlikely, I, I believe, is where the stance is. And again, I, I don't have a source on that. So you just kind of have to trust me, bro. But I, I do specifically remember seeing that somewhere. I, mean, I think Chengdu are mostly done. Theoretically speaking, based on like them recruiting JFL, that yeah, seems right. like a, a higher possibility now. I think that might be the first non-Chinese uh, member. Anyway, so maybe that on the team, yeah, yeah, maybe that uh, generally that gate has opened now. So yeah, if they want to win, they probably should get a Korean off tank. But I, I think that would fuck with the team dynamics because I, I can you imagine switching from Chinese to English for yeah, one player. That would be. You know I mean, your entire team, your entire organization, all coaching everything, all, all coaching minus J Fuel. Yeah. Well, we don't know actually. J Fuel's Chinese might be good. Who knows? But let's assume is all Chinese. You're gonna change your calm dynamic for one person. It's be really hard, you know. Mm. I'm not saying other teams haven't done it, but bro, your team's only been Chinese this entire time. So you want to mess with the formula now? Uh, it seems a little bit whack. Unless yeah. you're getting a guy that can like either learn Chinese quickly or is gonna be doing Chinese. I don't think they'll be doing a, a non-Chinese player at all. Yeah, Wasn't Kalios probably. someone that speak, speaks a bit of Chinese? Or am I wrong? I, I remember was... hearing something He would have been somewhere. good. If they were going to get a Korean off tank, they probably should have gone Kalios, because he sounds like the only one that can actually speak Chinese yeah. that, we know, that we know anyway. Yep. So, outside of that, I, just, I don't see it happening. I, I, I think yep. it's rare. I think they're just going to get they're going to get Riven or Kodoma and call it a day. You know? yep. Yeah, pretty much. Moving on. Um, Cool Matt is gone. 
from Houston, which mm-hmm. I'm not too sure what that means or how I feel. Yeah, yeah, um, that's, that's a weird I don't one. know. I don't know if how much input he had on the team for this year. If it's mostly junk buck or what, or you know what's going on here, but mm-hmm. yeah. um, they've already lost Harsha. They lose Colmet now. I'm not too sure what the direction staff wise is with this team. Yeah, but I assume they'll have to get a new GM, wouldn't they? They don't have one. Yeah, theoretically they do need a new GM, and I will say it's always sounded like a thankless job, where it's like you are now doing everything, comparable to. For instance, the Hasha situation that he talked about with the Titans back in the day, right? Like, you're now more than just doing managerial tasks, but also, like, maybe you're helping people, you know, set up interviews, uh, do visa applications. Um, like, maybe you build up the furniture in your... Um, in your practice area, maybe you are the tech support, maybe you're just everything, right? And it, I think that job can be a lot as well. Um, it, and that's generally true for a lot of GM jobs in the Overwatch League, even though some of them have different responsibilities for sure. Um, so once again, like we, as we always say, like general manager is, is not equal uh, amounts of responsibility spread across the league, right? Yeah. But yeah, like. It has been mighty quiet for a while, I feel like. Um, Which is a fair thing to do as a general manager, generally speaking. But I guess for a franchise like Houston, I hope someone with like more of a focus of communicating with the outside world uh, is instated there. Just, I mean, potentially selfishly, just like in order to create content around the team, but also um, because I think they they are just like that type of team that has stories to tell. And I I think, honestly, they probably need more than one guy to facilitate that uh, content type of of the... I I mean, they're Mm -hmm. they're a team that does more content than the average team, I feel like. They had their Houston series and like did it pretty well. But I still think like... um, it, It would let's say that I think there's a good reason why the best marketed teams in esports have one of the managerial stuff be almost like the face of the team think of G2 with Carlos indistinguishable from the brand is the brand in some some way right mm-hmm. I think that that would work in, well in Houston as well and it does well for instance like with Hector at uh, Optic over in COD League and whatnot. I think that's just like the type of vibe that you also get get and want from a team from Houston, right? I have, um, I don't know. I, I think Houston is a team. I think working with their management, management being like the ownership group, not the outlaws side of things, mm-hmm. is an interesting, uh, interesting to tackle. So. We'll see what happens, man. Because like, uh, I think that's mostly as a GM, you you are kind of the middle piece between your franchise and your ownership group, and uh, I've heard that's a challenge. So I would like to see what happens with them in the future in terms of who's going to take that position. Because right now you have Shadow, who's operations director, Junkbuck, the head coach, 
so they don't even have a unless Jake is still a coach, they don't have a second coach right now. Jake is listed as director of talent <laughs> development. Yeah, uh, am I am I wrong in thinking like that's like the 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 like obvious nod is to like maybe promote Jacob into GM and and kind of put think... him in that position of like a Carlos or I don't think you just throw people. I'm not saying he's not ready for it because I'm not gonna sure. try and pretend I know what he is. And I'm not gonna try and pretend I know what he is and isn't ready for. But mm. like, does he? What he does? He even want to do that? Like, I don't know. Sure, it just that's seems, a fair question. I don't know. He's. I don't know what he's doing this year. Is he playing? Like, Jake's a bit of a mystery currently because he mm. could be playing. He could be coaching. Could he be. could be doing a lot of different stuff. But Outlaws still have decent amounts of things to fill. They currently have a six-man team. I expect them to go seven, if not eight. Mm-hmm. Um, they got a lot of have a lot of um, management positions to fill as well. But I guess we'll just look at what happens to them. I don't really have more to comment on Coolmat or the Houston Outlaws. Just that uh, interesting that he's departed. I uh, wonder what he's going to do next, and wish him the best. Yeah, I think for me, this kind of signals that, like, there's definitely been more moves made that just haven't been announced. Um, because I don't, I can't imagine that, like, a GM leaving, like, that again, like, yes, guy kind of uh, alluded to, like, GMs definitely have varied roles across the league, but at least in my mind, it feels like the last person up the chain that has to, like, sign off on, on deals that have made. Um, so having somebody leave like prior to a project being finished would be a little bizarre um, for me. Um, so I, I, at least for Houston's sake, I hope that you know things have basically wrapped up and they've made the moves that they want to make. And Cool Matt's like, okay, cool, like we're done, off season complete. You know, I'm I'm out. Um, if that's not the case, then that's a little concerning. Um, but maybe it's not up to him to, you know, sign the players. So maybe it's less of a, a worry. But yeah, it's it's just kind of weird. It's bizarre. Um, sad to see him go. Obviously, kind of a legend of the game. Um, and yeah, wish him us, uh, the best of luck. Okay. We're going to finish off today with a single quick on the fence. Oh, want a quick one? Joe, do, you, right. do you have... Well, it doesn't have to be a quick one. Just give me... You got a you got you Just got an interesting one. one. All right, let me let me. We'll do a single one. It. Unfortunately, I'm mm. again. I'm I'm still pretty under the weather, and I think yeah, you know, yeah, at yeah. this point we're still enough time for one. So we'll do just the one, and we'll save some good stuff for next week because I have a funny feeling next week we're not going to have a lot of news. Possibly, yeah, definitely, definitely worthwhile. Some famous last words because right. next week, <laughs> next week's like guys, the content creator announcement yeah. just got leaked oh like that's probably what's happening next week after i just said there's nothing true yeah i mean it, it, anything's possible right now i know there's plenty of people like oh hope hope to see you soon you know with the overwatch account and you know there's there's movement there and it seems like things are progressing so fingers crossed that we get some news soon but yeah like you said it, it could be quiet next week so we'll have plenty of questions to get through and if you um are interested in having a, a question posed to us uh you can join us over at patreon.com slash tactical crouch you can be a patron of any variety um and submit a question i'll add you to my wonderful magical list 
and uh, we will get to your question eventually. Obviously, higher patrons get a little bit more priority just as a disclaimer. Um, one question for the crew. Um, I think this one's kind of interesting from friend of the show, Picasso. Get off the fence. When it comes to Overwatch 2, would moving May to tank decrease the complaints of crowd control in Overwatch? Yes or no? Avril, we'll start with you. Moving May to tank decreases CC. Wouldn't it increase CC? Because tanks are where all the CC exists in Overwatch 2 currently, and DPS and supports are where they've removed CC. So, for example, this has been mm -hmm. confirmed. Yes. May no longer freezes on a left click. She, she only slows now, and only her ultimate freezes. So she's had her CC already reduced in Overwatch 2 on the DPS roll. If she got moved to tank, wouldn't that mean you re-add the freeze back in? Because tanks are supposed to be the only class in the game that can CC. Like, I would say that technically that increases the, the CC. That doesn't remove the CC. I think, and far be it for me to uh, speak for Picasso here, um, but I think he's looking at the kit as a whole being played as DPS. Yes, the removal of the, the, the freeze itself. Um, probably kind of undercuts this but just having you know the ice wall am i wrong in remembering that she keeps her slow right she still slows but she doesn't freeze correct on the left right. click and i still think that like that might irk people especially at the dps position so if right. we were to remove her so instead of having a tank with cc maybe some supports with some limited cc and then having may it's is that problem. too much you fix you potentially quote unquote fix a CC problem. Mm -hmm. I don't even know that you really fix it. I mean, you just shifted it from one area to the other. But what you've done is you create a really bad tank. Who's going to play May on tank as a solo sure, tank? Sure. What 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 position can you hold? What is your mitigation damage? You put up a wall. That's it. You got no shields. You have no. I mean, you're like a roadhog at that stage. Um, but roadhog feels like a tank's better. You have a self invulnerability, which is actually kind of broken as a tank. I'm not gonna lie, but. I don't feel like she has any ability to like legitimately hold ground well mm. um, compared to the, the proper tanks. And also, a lot of tanks have really decent mobility, or if they don't have decent mobility, they have a lot of lethality. So if you think about tanks that, do, that don't move around, like Hog and Zara can't move around, they're deadly as fuck. Mm. But there's tanks that do move around, like Winston, and their damage is a little bit more soft, and you need to be on a target for a lot longer. And you need to burst combos properly and all this kind of stuff, right? Or Diva, like you have to get in somebody's face to fly them. Like it's a little bit different. You don't, you can't just like delete somebody with a bunch of energy or just hook them. Um, you know, May would be such a weird, like her entire. You'd have, I think you'd have to change the way her gun works almost entirely. Like it just the whole right click sniping just doesn't even feel right as a tank. I feel like her entire kit doesn't feel correct as a tank at all. Right, in my opinion. That's right. Makes sense. I mean. Would you be open to like some severe rebalancing in that way? If they were to, you'd have to really like overhaul what may base identity like, kind of is. That just and sounds at like that a point, lot of work for no what gain? Right. What what is the gain? Just leave her as a DPS, remove the the freeze on the left click, and which they've done, and that's all you need to do. Mate, if the if the if the slow is obnoxious, they can nerf that too. I don't mind sure. nerf the slow further, but like it feels like a lot of mental gymnastics and a lot of double dipping and like extra handling. Mm -hmm. Where the result is just like average. It's just like what is the what is the goal? What is the end result of that? 
okay, you have a you have a tank now that was wasn't meant to be a tank when you just just make a new tank. Like mm. if you're gonna make up some new abilities and all this shit, just make a make new, new hero. hero. Yeah. yeah, like what do you, why why rework May into a tank when it just it takes so much effort to do? It just mm. doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I feel like it doesn't need to be done. Fair enough. Yes, go. Any uh, any counterpoints? You think May would be a good tank? I think I see the logic in terms of like it could like I think that type of argument stems from an idea how things currently work, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah, I could totally see like move May to to tank, still have the left click in place, the wall, the the ultimate. Then you add potentially like other DPS that have heavy CC, like Doomfist and whatnot, and it just like gets obnoxious to just play. Now we already know that that is not going to be the way with Overwatch 2, because I think haven't hadn't we also confirmed that Cassidy loses the flashbang stun or whatever? Um, or I think they talked about something. I, I forgive me if that's incorrect yeah. but i remember them talking about some more cc tuning yeah so they want to, they want to remove all global ccs on on dps i was going to say supports as, as well but they are going to keep the sleep dart cuz it's fucking cool true yeah yeah um i think i would have to see how every one of the heroes plays in overwatch 2 but i don't i don't think it's a problem it's fair. No, it's, uh, I, I, yeah, I think Avril kind of nailed it there. Like, if you're going to move her, then you might as well just make a new hero. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense, though. I know that, uh, yeah. I think that Doomfist comment that, uh, I think it was Aaron Keller. It might have been Jeff Goodman. I can't remember exactly who it was, uh, during I think it was the, uh, Jeff, but in either case, yeah. yeah. Yeah, made that Doomfist comment like, oh, maybe we'll try him as a tank. You know, we don't know. And I think that opened up a lot of people's like mind's eyes to like, oh, well, if we're doing that, like, couldn't we do a lot of different things? Yeah. So it's because yeah. Doom is like he his entire kit is so fundamentally tied to the CC. Right. Like if you don't have the rocket punch, what what is Doom? If you yeah. do not have the uppercut and the slam, what is Doom? Yeah. Right. Kind of like a you can make him like a ball-esque, like highly mobile, very disruptive. You know. Yeah, you can. He's much easier to transform into a tank because his current kit actually fits tanks and the design philosophy of tanks were yeah. more than it fits the DPSs. Whereas for me, it just doesn't. Yep. I don't think her kit fits tanks at all in terms of what tanks are supposed to achieve. Now, Doom, okay, does he does he quote unquote tank well? Maybe not necessarily. He's not going to sit there holding a shield. But you just mentioned Ball, uh, Winston Ball, Diva. Mm-hmm. You know, Doom is going to be if he does move into tank. The, the as as extreme as you can get in that regard of mobility where he's going to be the in and out in your face boom instantly take up space in front of you then get the fuck out kind of tank much likable i think ball is a very good example because uh that's a very analogous of what i see doom's g- gameplay going to be oh, I, yeah. I i would prefer it if doom isn't one shotting every 200 hp hero yeah um, as a tank because now that's being obnoxious you got like this 400 yeah. hp doom that gets shield on damage and then just one shots a one shots of support, then just DP, then just you know shifts away or some bullshit. And it's like wow. Mm. So this guy's going even more difficult to stop now. I think if that's going to happen, Sparkle's going to shift the tank and play Doom only. Huh. Um, yeah. So Who knows? <laughs> it's anything's possible. I, I I mean, without hijacking the entire question, I feel like um, with Doom in particular, I feel like the damage gets like cut in half, and then his passive 
um, probably gets ramped up quite a bit so that he has a little bit more saying power. He can feel a little bit more you know tanky. What I want to see? Good. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna make the punch wider, a wider arc and an AoE. Yeah, probably way less damage. You can't one shot yeah, anybody with it. It's it's yeah. a CC move only. That's it. Um oh I would like to see you be able to punch a a a play into another player to apply the extra damage, but it's still not gonna sure. one shot. I'll take that. Just 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 stuff or it doesn't apply. Well, even better, you punch a player into another player, and it knocks them back too, like a bowling ball. You just knock two yeah. players back by punching a player into another player. Just, just random shit like that. And before, like, oh, that sounds like a lot of CC. I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, tanks is Doom's a tank now, so, yeah. and yeah. tanks, tanks have all the CC in the game now. Um, and I mean, you can still make rocket punch. A, 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 I don't see why they would make it not a long cooldown. It seems like a pretty reasonable cooldown as it is. So mm. you can keep the cooldown, make it a stronger ability from a CC perspective, but a weaker ability in a damage perspective. And I think it's pretty balanced, yep. in yep. my opinion. I think the only thing that I think you'd really have to like really like change, and by change I mean like gut and like add in a new ability is probably his alt. Like I just don't know that that fits like a tank um, motif. I don't mind it. I think his alt is fine. I think you would have to add some... I think you would have to add some bits to the alt and change the alt in the same way as the rocket punch, whereas you can't one-shot somebody with it. Right. But it might do some really decent CC, like maybe you meteor strike down and everybody in that AoE gets knocked back a certain distance based on how close you are to the center of the slam. Mm. And maybe the direct center of the slam can be exactly 200 damage. So, like, if you are really good or the other team's really bad or you are on top of sleeping target... You can still one-shot somebody. I mean, it's a fucking ultimate. It's meant to be strong. Sure. But um, I think the goal should be remove the damage from Doomfist so that he's not just like this fucking assassin. Yeah. But turn him into like a major disruptor on the battlefield. And I mm. think that would be cool. Yeah. Um, and, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down for that. I think that's cool as fuck. That actually, that actually makes me excited to see Doom as a tank mm. if he goes down that path the way I've just described i mean we've seen what they can do i mean we've we've seen bashing with a hat and we've seen you know hacking sombras while stealth and adding more damage so they're they're definitely open to you know fresh fresh coats of paint to uh some of our favorite heroes so uh it's definitely okay. possible before we head off i we're gonna do the outro now before we head off one last thing i gotta ask yiska because i know he's dying right now right yeah. how do you feel how do you feel when they're singing the theme songs in Japanese, but it's actually German. For Attack on Titan. You know the songs I'm talking about. There's, there's, there's songs they sing. I'm not talking mm, about the uh, I'm not talking about the intro songs or anything. There's like I can link you to some. It's very easy. There's songs they sing in fully German. Okay. But it's, it's they're all they're all Japanese people. I didn't actually know they were German songs until someone told me like, what the fuck? These are German songs? I, I'm I'm unaware of those, but like I'm kind of used to it with Oprah. I feel like it's it's like weird. Oprah, yeah. Opera or Oprah? Uh, opera. 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 Yeah. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, in but German damn, it's Oprah. Oprah be singing German songs now, man. <laughs> in German it's Opera. That's why you I'm get like, a German right. song and you get a German song. <laughs> now our, our intonation works differently sometimes. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. That's it's weird, and it's also the. To be fair, my general understanding is that Japanese and uh, Germans have a better chance pronouncing Japanese correctly than. Just like from the sound inventory, especially of vowels. So I think right. it's not that bad, but uh, I, w I would have to take a look at those songs. I'll send you some and you can tell me whether, whether you think their German we'll singing abilities are good. We'll do. The voices are great. Like they're, they're good singers, but I just have no idea. Like, are they saying these German words 
accurately or is it are they butchering it like i have no <laughs> idea let's see then i need a real german person to tell me all right <laughs> that's gonna be 209 thank you so much for joining in guys um decent amount of talk about this week uh hopefully we saved a little in terms of get off the fence for next week and you know, maybe yeah. there'll be some news maybe there won't be praying that there will be some news final thing i'll say is congratulations to um our last free agent that got signed so sideshow is no longer free agent he has now been signed to beth for yep. life um <laughs> hoping that he will be a starting player yeah and um <laughs> yeah. you know all the best for his playing career from here on out for sure yeah best of luck no that's that's very it's it, there's something in the air in the overwatch league right where it's like, like a, ah, this, it's, it's, it's dope it's dope only yeah. if you're in North America, though. Only if you're North America. <laughs> I will say it is unreal that this man was wearing the cow sweater while proposing. That is actually insane. Have you seen that? Wow. That's planning right there. R slash cow right there. Nice. The official jersey jumper of R slash cow. Not really happy for them. Yes, very much so. Cool. It is. I just came back from a wedding as well where uh, my casting buddy got married. Nice. And uh, he hasn't cast Overwatch for a long time, so I wouldn't call him that anymore. But yeah, so a lot of people <laughs> getting married. It is the season. Uh, I'm next. I'm going to get married tonight. So wish nice. me luck. Damn, congrats. Yeah, I'm just going to do it. Uh, I, I, don't, she doesn't, I don't know yet, and she doesn't know yet. But when she does, it'll be great. <laughs> Nice. So, <laughs> nice. I'm coming for you. You don't know I'm coming for you, but I'm coming for you. I'll see you guys next week. We'll see you all next week for 210. Love y'all. Peace out.